advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible. It'll soon be a war up there. And we are, as a people, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths. I know for a fact. And to secret proceedings. Weapons of mass destruction. I have a dream. I take the threat very seriously. A new world order. Your government thanks you for your participation. You are now listening to the world-famous Sofa King Podcast. Please, read from sheets. I am... I am... am Sofa King. Sofa King. Now repeat all very fast, please. I am... Sofa King. Faster. I am Sofa King. Not so fast. Lose its meaning. I am Sofa King. You say funny things. Smells fancy, does it? Howdy, y'all. Smells kind of nice. So this is <clears throat> well. Johnny I don't Taylor. have a mic. Uh oh, well, that's weird. Technical difficulty. Hold on a second. Dave's broken. Hey, try that. Yo yo. There yeah. we go. It was recording. Was there was a weird uh, pop up. There was like a gremlin. Yeah. They found us. Yeah. We, we hid from it for a while. We did. Yeah, <laughs> we had to move. We found you. Yeah, we're like way across town. <laughs> yeah, like, this is probably a Kremlin gremlin, the Russian gremlin for sure. So we have quantum spirits. Respect the past. Drink to the future. You know, quantum. That's some crash. nerd shit. Solera whiskey. Oh yeah. shit! It's a hundred proof. Yeah. Oh damn! Really? Um, and it's brought to you by Emily and Ty Honhart. Hard on, yeah. which we discussed. This. We discussed this on our bonus episode. Yeah. They they pronounce um, it wrong, so it might be spicy. Doesn't smell especially especially as spicy. Mm, it's a spicy. Wow, for a hundred proof, that shit is smooth. smooth as fuck. That's some smooth. dangerous ass shit right there. Oh my god, that does not seem mm. like a hundred proof. Yeah, no. Now there's the legs. heat. There's heat down in my esophagus. Look at the legs. And none in my mouth. There's a heat down in my caucasus. Yeah. That's god cool. damn. That was nice. Very unique. Mm. The flavor. That's a good flavor. That's like a, like right in the middle. It was like this wood flavor that I that I, mm-hmm. that isn't normal, but it was delicious. What is the periodic symbol there? It's got AG on it. Is that about? I wonder what it stands for. I don't know. No. I'm a fucker for hundred for hundred proof. That's that smooth, was that was one of the smoothest hundred proof I've ever had. Dude. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's some, definitely some warmth in my chest. No, it's warm. Yeah. Like it, it's it's creeping warm. Like it's like getting warm as it sets. No, on it my is. Palate. No, I feel my body is warming. Yeah. But it was I got not hot on my. I did too. That's yeah. good shit, man. Yeah, that's good. Wow, mm. they nailed it. Because normally right. hundred proofs are like just fire, dude. Don't judge it's a book by to, its cover. No, I know. I was making fun of it. Yeah, but. This motherfucker's legit right here. Wow. I kind of went to my head, too, and that wasn't a whole lot. Strange Quark Distilling in Carnegie, Pennsylvania. That was good. Now I'm going to drink some coffee. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds good, coffee. There's the bottle. I found the bottle. Brent, this says women shouldn't drink this. Really? No. (sighs) That kind of put me in the right (laughs) headspace. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I feel nice right I now. I do. Yeah. <laughs> that was just that, enough. That was that, quick too. And yeah. then I had to drink a coffee, and it was like the perfect balance. Yeah, oh, I feel good. This motherfucker. It's like, are you twenty one? I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. It knows you're not. Yeah, won't let me in. I can't see the quantum spirits. What are you trying to do? Oh, go to their website. Yeah, I'm just trying to see the. Yeah, maybe if I do shopping here, I can find it. Just curious. I got a gift mm-hmm. certificate burning a hole in my. 
pocket, but I bet I can only get it from there. You're down there every week. No, not down there. Where? Oh, well, yeah, by uh, what is <laughs> yeah, what is my total liquor? That was total wine. Total wine. Total wine. Total wine. You're There's right. There's three of them in LA. I'm going Damn, tomorrow. That's good I guess. coffee too. Mm-hmm. I am going tomorrow. It's good. I think I'm going to buy the uh, fucking Ron Swanson one though. The uh, McGovern. Yeah. The Ron the. What's his fucking real name? Yeah, the, the, Nick the, Offerman. The Offerman. Nick Offerman. Yeah, the charred crazy one. That was good. It was good. I like the bottle too. Was it? Not a lot of uh, smokiness, huh? But it was like Very a good PD. balance with the it was smokiness. A good PD, yeah. yeah. That was the one I actually liked the peat. Right. In it. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that was good. Which I and normally I do, don't like the peat. But I do with the regular Lagavulin too. I'm not big on peaty scotches, but the Lagavulin. Certain ones are good. Yeah. You the Lagavulin's really yeah. peaty, but they got the balance right. Like yeah. it, it's all the other flavors are right where they need to be. I can't find this quantum. I'm not finding it. I don't know. It might be just a local distillery. I think so. They, there was like a, there was a letter with it. It probably said those Pennsylvania. things I've forgotten because it's been a couple weeks since we got that. Was it the letter Q? Look up strange quark. <laughs> you look up strange Distilling. quark. Man, that coffee's good too. Yeah, it is. Because I normally drink in the morning, I mix it with decaf and I drink like a half and half because I want to drink two or three cups and I'll right. be all spun out. I miss being so spun I out. So I very rarely like just do all in. You know, drink caffeinated. a bunch of caffeine and just get some shit done. But this Not is anymore. fucking delicious. I just get like fucking panicky and think I need to go to the hospital. You couldn't find it? It's right here. Quantum Spirits. And so you click on it and actually find a price and whatnot. Spirits. What do you mean? I remember it wouldn't let me in. You saw me trying to hit 21. I don't know I what you were trying shit. to do, but I just hit 21. It was like, cool. Was like, like, yeah, hey there, brother. Mm. It was like, hey there, brother. Uh, brother, let me tell you something, brother. You should be flattered. The internet thinks you're Hey, they have, a, they have a grapefruit gin liqueur. They have a rye whiskey copper edition. All quantum. They have the silver edition. That's what that is, right? Silver. It's just the Solera whiskey. Solera whiskey. Yeah. Silver edition. Silver, right? Oh, that's what AG stands for, right? They have a gin. Oh, there you go. Yep. They have a gin. No, they have a, ooh, a barrel rested gin. You ever seen a brown gin? No. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's it's got yeah, that's cool yeah yeah gin's dry as fuck but for I a mix the, the, the packaging has something to be desired I don't know about the design yeah, that green the, yeah. metallic like uh, well cube. they're yeah they're it's it's now yeah. that that's okay for that for some reason but the yeah, gin one vodka yeah, I'm mean, doing everything lemon rhubarb ginger ginger craft cocktail see with all of that the on gender, their plate ginger craft it's even more surprising that this is so good. Because you would lime. you would um, think that they're doing everything from gin have to Amaro. vodka. They have liqueurs. Wow, crazy uh, Marquette liqueur. Yeah, one one more of those, and I'd be fucking silly. I'm with you, dude. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. That wasn't a big pour, and it's like yeah. I'm feeling. I it. did all right on it, but yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, man, I had something I was going to talk about, and the whiskey knocked it out of my brain. It was eggplants. Mm. It was not eggplant. Pit boy gardening. Um, Overload. No, it was pool. something we did talk about though. Pool Broken noodles. Toe. Pool noodles. Oh, the crows. Oh yeah, yeah. Crows. Yeah. So I so yeah. I have my it's ten pound bag, bag of, of, right of feed peanuts because oh. I want to make contact with the crows. So the other day I was sitting You're here trying to find Odin and like yeah exactly and right ac- like right across the street there's like a big water tower and the whole area is just a bunch of trees around the water tower and there's always crows over there 
And the other day I saw him like out there flying around. So I, I put some peanuts out for the first time. And then a couple of hours later I was back in the bathroom and there's like, and I've only, I only know this sound because I've been watching YouTube videos and stuff about crows, Mm -hmm. but there's this particular sound that crows make when they're like socialized. It's like a clicking and then Mm -hmm. they, but it's also like a Mm -hmm. trill chirp behind the click. And I just heard that noise. It sounds like Swahili. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And I looked out and like right on the telephone pole behind my house, there was a crow making that noise and it made the noise and it would stop for a while. Then it made the noise. And then once I realized it was doing that, I just replied and went and then it immediately did it again. And for probably 90 seconds to two minutes, we were just talking back and forth and it would go and then I would go. It has begun. And then Mm -hmm. finally I did it again and it swooped towards me and like came up and landed on the house. But then it couldn't really hear me anymore. And when I went outside, I think I scared it off. But that was like day one Mm. of putting out peanuts. So it's like I'm thinking that crow already talks to somebody. Maybe. Because it was like fully. Mm-hmm. Well, so Cherish, Steve's wife, Steve, my brother-in-law, it's been on the show mm-hmm. a long time ago. Um, She had a crow that was flying in. and it got in the car, right? Riding yeah. with her to take the kids to school. Yeah. In the car, in the Jeep. They're so <laughs> fucking so smart, cool. dude. Yeah. They're so fucking smart. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like so now you have the pigeon father and the crow father. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I've been looking up more. I bought a bird bath that's you're on the, its you're way. You're the cocksucker. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. That was the ultimate defense shield against that. <laughs> my Ace Ventura. <laughs> Total deflection. That was me. I had to dodge it. It almost hit me back in the face. No, huh. You warbled the sound. You're whipping yeah. around. He's, like, <laughs> He's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> sound waves. Are, they're warbling. He really is rubber, not glue. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, man. He's got some kind of cocksucker voodoo over there, man. He's coming around for yeah. me. <laughs> So yeah, that was day one. So now I got I got a, a yeah. bird bath coming because apparently that's a big way to lure mm-hmm. them in, and then they'll so and I have to replace where I'm putting the peanuts because I put them in the wrong. Maybe spot. I got to talk to Blue Jays. I know they're oh, assholes. Maybe. Yeah, they are. I had a bunch yeah, of Blue Jays will fuck you. Fuck, I've had a dude, bunch I, well, I, had a, I had one in the back. They never for a couple me, of years. They're yeah. fucking terrorists, dude. Yeah. They were just I just I watched one just murder another bird. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like just killed Damn. a bird. I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You, you, that bird just killed a bird. Yeah. And just fucking like landed on its corpse, just looking at me like, what, bitch? I was mm-hmm. like, the mm-hmm. fuck? I, uh, what are you looking at, Vinny? <laughs> that thing was <laughs> fucking <laughs> tough, dude. I switched uh, chicken feed because the whole that conspiracy thing that's going on. What? And you know about that? Huh. Uh, like all the all the chickens <clears throat> quit laying eggs. Oh. like And so everybody had to switch feed wait, wait, because. Wait, wait, wait. Your chickens quit laying eggs? Yeah. Chickens September. in general, yeah. Yeah. September? Yes. In September, they, they like quit laying eggs. Okay. <laughs> Are you fake interested? No, no, no. I'm, I'm wondering why now. I'm saying that's like a thing. So the though? conspiracy yeah. is okay. Yeah, the conspiracy. No, I thought you were saying a conspiracy, but then I was wondering if yours actually did too. Yeah, so yeah. it did. So we, it, we went down to like okay. no. Well, the the hard part is, is like in the winter when it's really cold, like they, the they egg production eggs, goes down yeah. anyway. Yeah, uh, but it was like across the United States, like other people, like large places. And like the main supplier that normal people in homes, you mm-hmm. know, like just regular people that have chickens, they get all this shit, tra- a tractor supply. Yeah. And apparently that's all the same. It's like Dolmore Dol- or Dolmore. I can't remember mm-hmm. what the plant. Dolmore, Dol- I think is what it is. That's whiskey. But that's what we were. Yeah. Dolmore is whiskey. It's, it's, 
It's like it's the same word though. I, I don't mean, know. I'll have to look yeah. it up. But I mean, there you go. yeah, it's uh but it's all like allegedly made by Purina or something. There's this mm-hmm. whole fucking crazy thing behind it. If you're interested, look it up. Um, but I switched because my father in law has a crazy amount of pigeons. He has like hundreds of pigeons, coincidentally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and so I switched to this like multi do more. Do more, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I switched to this uh just multi seed like fucking Purina. Yeah. M- Mexican guy gets it for you, sells it to you in a giant fucking clear bag with no label really, and it's just a bunch of crazy seed mix. And so I started feeding that instead of the pellets and I get fucking 30 eggs every 10 days now. Like yeah. I'm fucking buried. So, in like, so what's happening is they're creating the egg eggs shortage. are exactly yeah. eggs are fucking crazy priced and they burn down. People. They've burned down a couple of production facilities, like a mm-hmm. hundred thousand no, fucking chickens or something died. Um, like they're coming for our chickens there for sure. They don't want you to be able so to self-sustained. Um, they want you to be relying on on the fucking government, yeah, like ultimately so in a position weird. where you need like universal yeah. income or some type of food ration. It's some 1984 fucking shit. Yeah. Like I'm almost done down. with that book, and that book is fucking scary. Read yeah. it. That book is fucking with you. Yeah, man. that read book fucks it. with you. That but it's real though. Dude. Like so much shit. In well, there. Like, it's the same thing. Like the brown shirts. You know what I mean? Like the stuff you saw, you've, you've you know yeah. all the stuff that the, but the Nazis have like done. They, they rewrite all the history. They rewrite yeah. all the shit, and so they're doing. You know what they're doing with James Bond, right? Yeah, they're editing James Bond to get rid of and rewriting them. Like because what, what of a, like some kind of offensive male, shit in there, they're rewriting something misogynistic, probably yeah. for yeah. James Bond, yeah, pussy galore, yep. fucking, yeah. So they're gonna change that. A ton, a ton of that happens. They, they Wikipedia changed the the definition of recession. They changed the definition of vaccination. Like they're rewriting things to be something else. Like it's yeah. fucking. That's what 1984 is. But anyways, yeah. I bought this other seed. But and in fairness, Wikipedia didn't rewrite anything. People, people are editing it, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but definitions of things are getting changed. History is getting well, and, altered, and and History I mean, Google's altered. been Google's been limiting search, and you know what I mean. You yeah, can only yeah. find stuff that Google wants it's, you to it's find. It's so and, 1984. Like yeah, I know you don't no, fucking love to read, but no, no, you should no, fucking no, read that book. No, like, I know what it's about. Um, just, so, but I started feeding this other seed, and I almost because don't of really it, want to worry about it. Though. I have I a bunch of fucking weird birds in our backyard. I got like ringneck doves. These fucking and now and they're just hanging out with the chickens because they want. And now, yeah, they want that seed because they didn't give a fuck about pellets, but the seed. I got all kinds of real, crazy yeah, birds, seeds, and there was yeah. two blue jays um, this yeah. morning. But I was like, man, are they gonna fuck with anything? Those are my boys. Did right I bring there. crows around? Are they gonna b- battle the chickens? That's, fucking, like, that's, a good, that's Billy and Bob no, yeah. over there. I, mean, I doubt it. I doubt. I doubt the crows are gonna fuck with the chickens. Chickens are pretty fucking uh, gangster. To be the honest, crows probably won't. They only really come in when they're dead. Those doves are shit. chilling they're with kind the chickens. Of the doves are yeah. just kind of dropping in and eating yeah. on the ground while the chickens are out there eating. Yeah. Like anything the chickens drop, they're like hanging out. Because the it. chickens are friendly. Yeah. So, yeah, and the doves are doves are pieces of shit. But if my border collie tries to get some fucking worms or something, she'll go out there and try to eat the worms with them. Yeah. The fucking chickens get crazy. They'll huh. jump on her. Yeah. It's funny. Not a bird. Put some no, wings on her. So, yeah. Put some wings on her. So yeah, like fairy wings from a Halloween red, costume. Give them some Red Bull. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I made first contact with the crows. Right? No, you did. Yeah, but it flew to you. I saw the video. It was a video uh, yeah. of him going, and it, and it fucking flies flew straight to towards me. So I need to make contact with the. They haven't been out. That could be a crazy. Really that could be a crazy book where a man like starts contacting the birds, and then all of a sudden starts speaking. And then the ultimately turns into <laughs> a crow. A crow. That'd be yeah, so awesome. I'm down for that. Like some shit. weird shit, you know. What yeah. I mean? They're like, gonna have like ultimately. grease pin on the glass yeah. back here. It's like click, click. Like where like <laughs> crows. Well, click, and you can click, even do it. Like, small click chirpers. Yeah, food. so like there's some science to it, but yeah. they're actually aliens. You know what I mean? Like that explains their them and yes. octopuses they, came yes. down on the same shit. Probably have a regional dialect of some sort. Oh, I'm sure. Might. Yeah. yeah. No, because the, the, the ultimate the ultimate goal, and I don't know how to get to that step, 
is to train them to pick up shiny things and bring them back here for peanuts. Because hmm. people do that in like urban settings. You have a pile like, of hypodermic needles in your well, no, they come back. Yeah. They come back with all this change. They come back with like fucking wedding rings and gold chains. <laughs> and <laughs> they're just thieves. flying around looking for shit on the ground yeah. that's shiny. They and they just train. fucking pick they're it up. And, yeah. and it's going to be nails and screws yeah. and whatever. But they know. And eventually you just train them to. You just leave peanuts out and they know to just come and drop the sparkly thing in the bucket and fucking yeah. peace out. You don't even have to be I thought there. it'd always be cool to be a falconeer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the people with the fucking falcons. Yeah. Those things are fucking. You have to build up to falcons. Those are actually. fucking big motherfuckers. Those fuckers dude. are big. Those are half the size of a human friend of mine, man. A friend of mine had those. He went through. Because you have to get yeah. trained on yeah. like different size birds to get yeah. up to the falcon. I think the falcon is the. Yeah, birds are weird. Yeah, man. <clears throat> fucking smart too. Some of them. Yeah, they are. Yep. But I made contact. So our uh, we're also making contact with our uh, hot sack winner of the week, who is Tom Levicki. Hmm. And he posted a crazy ass meal with like fucking duck confit and potatoes roasted and bacon fat yeah. and all kinds of fucking sex dumplings. Gour- gourmet yeah, sex shit. dumplings. It was like, a duck yeah. with convict feet. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> the whole yeah. fucking thing. And he used all the right hashtags. Like you had conjugal the- gravy. It was weird. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Convict feet and conjugal gravy. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's plentiful when it's conjugal. Yeah. We've been yeah. building up for a little while. Just waiting for that visit. You only get those on the visit. It's like Thanksgiving. It only comes once a year. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. <laughs> Mashed potatoes and conjugal gravy. Yeah. Hand in hand. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, he represented the the Teco um, on the Facebooks, and uh, again, just a shout out. I don't know, we've shouted it out for a while, but if you're tired of them social networks, uh, do consider uh, poking around in the unofficial SK fan group on Facebook. It's literally the only reason I get on Facebook. I get on Facebook to see if there were any pictures posted of Vaughn. And then to just look in the group. It's the only thing yeah. I do. And there's just really cool people on there. If you want to get in there, you have to answer questions to prove you're not a fuck face peasant. I go in the group and Facebook marketplace. <clears throat> yeah. It's ran, kind of, random mm, browse. Never, never it's suggest shit. Yeah. I look at fucking Priuses and weight bars yeah. and weight equipment. Like, yeah. But uh, anyway, so thank you to Tom Levicki and you will be contacted shortly by Frankie pigeons. Um, Give Frankie your deets and you will get a hot sack. And if you have any flavor requests that you can't find, uh, make sure you let Frankie know and we'll make sure you get that flavor. From El Yucateco. From El Yucateco Hot Sauce, king of flavor. They don't have a conjugal flavor, though. <clears throat> no, they don't. No. Um, and we want to thank our patrons. Um, if you are digging what we're spitting, then uh, go to patreon.com black slash sofa king podcast. Um, we do bonus episodes every single week. Um, we talked a lot about Crocs this time. Um, and uh, there's all kinds of other bonuses, early episodes, uh, the, the live video chat, which is super cool. Um, so check it out uh, for just a dollar. You start to get perks and for more dollars, you get more perks. Um, so check it out. You'll get the love of your father and you won't be a fuck face peasant. That's um, the big part. Yeah. Yes. And uh, if you are into podcasts, go to podbelly.com for all of your podcast needs. Find some other good shows. And if you've got a podcast that you're uh, working on, then uh, throw it in there 
and it'll be listed amongst us. Like Super Garbage Day. Like they, Super Garbage Day. Yeah, they did that. Mm. They did that. He's on there. He's really handsome. Ross. Brad had a really good idea for one of our videos to bring Brian Ross to town. We got to fly him yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> for like a 30 second clip. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's worth it. It's, it's all worth it. it. All right. It's all worth it's it. It's him or Terry McGee. It's whoever's willing to Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, they're, and they're complete opposites, right? So yeah. Brian's tall and lanky, mm-hmm. large penis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Terry McGee. Short and stout. Short, round. Teapot. Small, small penis. penis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Allegedly. You know, he could prove us wrong. It could be really yeah, bad. Yeah. Maybe it's proportional. It could be really bad. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a chode. He's got a proportional yeah. one. He's got a fucking. So, yeah, it's, it's, have, it's either or. have a delay. Yeah. yeah. Like the zip. Oh yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. If you got a delay, more power to you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So you have the idea. So it's either Terry McGee. I mean, we could do auditions and just see who, or it could be both. They could flash into each other. Yeah. Like it could be like the Incredible Hulk. We could work you know? them both in. Yeah. You have the Kool Aid Borat kind of thing yeah. going on there. Yeah. I like the idea of, the, of one of them transitioning into the other one when they get angry. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, man. That it's go, getting though? so much better. <laughs> it's never. Well, I had, I had a too much. I, I had a on. thing like <clears throat> it's really sucks because like as you get older, ourselves out of it happening. No, 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 no. It's super easy, but no, I found out like something about myself. Like it, it's really hard because like I feel like in order for me to do something like on video or do something like it has to be me doing it because I I see exactly sure. what it is. But now I figured out. I don't know why or how or why it took so fucking long, but I figured out I'm not that guy. I'm the fucking, the, the, the images are in my head. I have the video. I have the, the footage in my head and I have that director space. Like I need to be able to get that out. Right. You know what I mean? So like I have the idea, I see it happening. I see it playing out. I see it in slow motion where it needs to be in slow motion. I see sped up ramping. I, you know, I see everything transitions. I see everything there. I see it in my head. Um, yeah. And I have to be the one to figure out who the other person is and, and put that together, you know? So now, uh, it's become easier to think about because thinking about it's easy. And then you go, okay, well, how do I create it? Well, I have to do this or I have to do that. I don't know why it took me so long to realize I don't have to do that. I need to get somebody else to do it. Right. Because I'm not that guy. Right. So, that's, yeah. That's the think and grow rich philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surround yourself with those who can. Yeah. Well, and it's not even those who no. can. It's that, that, that I could, but it's not right. <clears throat> or you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it's dele- yeah. of delegation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, right. it, and it's not that, that I couldn't do it. It's just that that's not right. I, I can't be every, you know what I mean? You can't For be sure. everything. So, sure. um, figuring that out, like, I'm, I'm kind of excited about like new things to come, like being able to do some projects, like, because I have those ideas and I'm like, dang, now I'm starting to put people like, thinking about it like Brian Ross in a position or Terry McGee or somebody, you know what I mean? Like I see these people and I'm like, Oh, they'd be perfect for this thing. Right. Like, can, <clears throat> can I get them to do it? Yeah. You know, can we do it? You know, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? So it's going to be, it's, it, it's exciting. I'm kind of excited about That's it. That's cool. Yeah. So you got the director bug. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. And I've always had it. Like I just grew up in the wrong place. Right. You know? Right. So, or with the wrong influences and the yeah, wrong, just you know what the I mean? Opportunity yeah. I just like, didn't. Yeah. 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 Like if I, I probably, if I grew up in the Northwest, I'd probably be a hockey player. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, but I'm just not, you know, I'm also a firm believer in the power of the writing room. 
Like, even if you've got the idea in your head, like, especially like if you're doing comedy, Mm -hmm. it's better to be like, okay, here's the idea. Let's get six or seven of the funniest people I know in a room and let's just talk through the idea. And you're going to try your best to make each other laugh. Yes. And as long as someone's writing that shit down, (laughs) it's going to come out. Which we've done that before. We've created these things and and we rip off each other. I mean, every sitcom, it's like even when my sister wrote for, for sitcoms, it was like, this is her episode to write. But every week, the writers would all get together. They yeah. would all talk about their current things, read yeah. stuff, give each other jokes, yeah. you know, make it better, bounce things off of each other. That's what they do on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. That's what they. I mean, and so I would, and like, I could storyboard it, and then Brink could be like, "Oh, we could do this," and I'd be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." Because yeah, yeah. there's always there's going to be someone's going to come else. up with a I, bit. I just watched someone's, something. I don't think it was the Rick Rubin stuff either. Um, it was about that. It was about being like in a comedy writing table and about mm-hmm. everyone putting forth whatever it takes to make the funniest bit, and not worrying mm-hmm. about putting your own name yeah, on it. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it might have been Rick Rubin talking to rogan actually they said this i think maybe and it was about like not worrying about being selfless and like having no ego in it right so like don't worry about having your stamp on it too many people are too worried about oh yeah my idea and that's what makes it forward yeah but as a team you're trying to just get the best funniest or you're gonna take whoever has that funniest point and run with it because that's how you're gonna get the best thing Mm -hmm. just everyone in the group add funny yeah you know somebody else might have the funniest part this time next time it might be you right you know it's it's just it's yeah it's that way my friend Andy worked on a comedy movie. I don't know if well, I won't say the name of it because it might be telling tales out of school or something, but it was like the, ma- the main star. Um, Basically, once they got on set, they realized this isn't as funny as we thought it was. Right. And like the main star was like anybody who gives us a joke that's good enough to put in the film. I'll give you a hundred bucks. Right. So like everybody on the set was suddenly like. You know, even if they're rolling, like as soon as they cut, they're like, oh, it'd be funny if you did this. And they were like, let's try it. Right. And like he was just and then it ended up being like a really funny movie. But it was like even that was like now that I've got this whole crew here. Yeah. Someone's going to come up with some funny shit. Yeah. Yeah. And you're open to it. Well, you you know what, though? The funny thing is like thinking about it like that, though, like I've always been, like I said, like, oh, I have this idea. It's funny. I have to try and do this thing. But then what stops me ultimately is I can't see myself doing that. Right. So you're, you're just immediately self-limiting immediately. You're self-limiting and you're pushed back from it. Cause yeah. you're like, fuck, like I don't, my, my skin's not right. Or I'm not good on camera or whatever it might be. <clears throat> I'm not good at speaking, you know, whatever the, whatever the, the limit is, you're like, well, fuck, these things are stopping me from doing that. But if you're writing the material, and or a few people and you have the idea and you know what you want it to look like. Other people develop what the stage looks like. You know what I mean? If you're right. putting on a play right. you, and then you're developing this, there's writers that develop that. And that, um, that, that takes that limit off and it sets you like, Oh shit. I just need to find these people right. that are willing to work with me to be able to do that. Yeah. 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 And and it's like, it's kind of freeing almost like, I'm like, Oh shit. Like I have these ideas and like, I fucking think we can do them. I think we can actually do them Implement. because I don't have to do everything. Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. So I don't know why, I guess, I guess it's one of those things I've always grown up with. And I've always, you know, you hear the saying, you know, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Sure. You know, I like, can, that's, sure. that's a fucking limiting it is. fact, especially you know? for things. It's true. It is true. But you know, on, on a certain extent, but you also have to delegate and get other people involved. Yes. You, know? yes. you have to. So, 
So that, that type of thinking is limiting. Right. And, and so like now I'm trying to figure out, like I have these things and we have these video ideas mm-hmm. and commercial bits and, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, no, it's actually cool. And it's like, it's actually took pressure off to, right. to, to, because in the beginning you're thinking like, I have these things and it's like, well, how are we going to do that? How I can't see the end result. Well, with, I can now. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. I can't, it's freed up everything. I yeah, just got to yeah, yeah. find a person to fit that. Right. You know? Right. So it, it's, it's super cool. Like, and the key is to see the end result and then to just do what you have to do to get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and oddly enough, this is all really the perfect buildup for our topic, which is Rick Rubin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I have to admit, I like when we were, I was just dragging my feet about researching him. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, he was co-founder of Def Jam and, you know, but I was just like, is there anything there? And the first thing I did when I started researching was there were like just like a month or two ago. There was a, he did a segment with Anderson Cooper on 60 minutes and I watched it and it just, I was just like, Oh, I'm like super fucking interested in this guy mm-hmm. now. Um, and like, like everyone, like every music and like, I mean the list, and this is like, this is nothing of the list, but he helped launch LL cool J public enemy, the beastie boys, the ghetto boys and the red hot chili peppers. And he's worked with, Ozzy Osbourne, the Rolling Stones, Adele, Tom Petty, Danzig, Metallica, Slayer, The Cult, Weezer, Rage Against the Machine, Jay-Z, uh, uh, Johnny Cash. I mean, the the list is just it's endless. endless. What's crazier about it, too, is his lasting impact on those people. Like, they're, he's almost guru-esque to yes. them, where they're like, they love him. They're like, they give him all the, all the fucking credit and have no way to explain what it was exactly, though. He's good at like bringing out what's hidden inside you somehow. No, it's weird. Yeah. And that's even what Anderson Cooper like talks about. He's like, and he even says like, I have no technical ability and I know nothing about music. <laughs> and like at one point, Anderson Cooper was like, um, well, then what are people paying for? And I've got the something quote. to do with his opinion or his taste. Yeah, it's basically his opinion. I'm trying to find it. So something it's like his he says he's yeah. paid for the confidence I have in my taste and my ability to express what I feel. Yeah. And you just see clip after clip and it'll be like him and Jay Z and Jay Z will be like, I almost think we should blah, blah, blah. And he'll just Rick Rubin will just get this huge smile on his face and be like, well, then you should do that. Like yeah. it's never, if it's, it's the right like thing, never like, try that thing. Yeah. It's not, he doesn't want it to be his idea. No, this is if your it's, idea. It's whatever the better thing is. Like I was saying earlier. And the thing with yeah. Jay Z and 99 problems is he came to him and said, Hey, check this out and played what he had. And for the album, um, for fucking, uh, Jesus or whatever. No, no, it's Kanye. Kanye showed up with his like mm-hmm. Jesus album or something. Mm-hmm. And he had fucking like six weeks. He's like, he's like, Oh, when's this going to come out? And it was like, was it, it wasn't done. There was no lyrics. It's mostly music. He's like, Oh, it's in six weeks. He's like, Hmm. He's like, that's interesting. He's like, I've got some projects that are much further along with than this, and they're coming out in like maybe not even six months. He's like, what do you got going on? And he's like, oh, don't worry, I'll score forty points in the fucking fourth quarter for you. Like, let's do this or whatever. And he said that it was just crazy that they worked like sixteen fucking days leading up to the fucking finish line to get that fucking album out, working <clears throat> like just day and night. There's no clocks inside nope. of Shangri-La. Hmm. There's no fucking, that's the studio um, where they're at. And I watched a four-part series. I watched so much shit on this and mostly because I just continued to enjoy it. 
I watched the 60 yeah, yeah, minute yeah. episode. Yeah. I listened to a three hour podcast with him and Joe Rogan. I watched four one hour episodes of the Shangri-La, uh, uh, the special that they did together. And then I watched like another 30 minute documentary on YouTube. And if you want to get into it, there's, if you, uh, there's a really cool article on Rolling Stone called my life in 21 songs. And he talks about the 21 most memorable songs That's he was cool. involved yeah. in with like a decent, like narrative of how it came about yeah. and, and the th- the thing that's such a fucking trip about him is it's like almost every producer that you can point at has a a genre or a style or a sound and it's like he launched hip hop mm. and then won grammys with the dixie chicks yeah and it's like every musician is like whatever genre i do he taps into it and makes it more purely that genre yeah you know, and it's like even Chuck D from Public Enemy said when they when they were first starting to work with him, he was like, you know, thinking it was bullshit because this crazy man with a beard is just like laying on a couch with his eyes closed and they're all like recording these tracks and flowing lyrics. And he was like, I thought he fell asleep. And then eventually he just sat up and was like, you need to do this. You need to do this and you need to do this. And then just gave these three random suggestions. And then as soon as they did those things, he was like the entire song just formed itself mm. like based on these three. Cause he just, and you even see him in footage. He's just laying on his couch with his eyes closed, listening to the musicians do their thing. And it's like, he doesn't care about record sales. He doesn't care about Grammys. He's just like, we're going to make this the best piece of music we yeah. can make. Well, it. it makes sense too. Like if you just focus on the art of it and say, I'm going to make the best product possible, like the rest will follow because right. if it, if you make it great, people are going to want it. Oh yeah. What does he say? He said the audience doesn't know what they want. Yeah. They only know what came before. Exactly. Yeah. Which I was like, that's fucking, <laughs> fucking cool. They don't well, know I mean, that's, that's how, right. that's how anything is. Like you don't know you wanted it until you got it. Like right. Dave with his fucking Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> knocking out exactly of yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, then like even you don't know we'll, you know we'll get yeah. into all these details but it was like some of the weirdest moves in music like that i look back on are like the fact that public enemy and run dmc used so much heavy metal in their music mm-hmm. at a time when metal had nothing to do yeah. with hip hop and that was rick rubin because he also the, was doing slayer exactly right. but the the move to turn the beastie boys from a shitty punk. punk band into hip hop, that was Rick Rubin. Did you know Rick Rubin the, was the DJ? He was in Beastie yeah, 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 Boys. Yeah. I didn't realize he was in Beastie yeah. Boys. I never realized that. The the move of Aerosmith to Run DMC yeah. was Rick Rubin. The crossover. The fact yeah. and like the the fact that Johnny Cash covered Nine Inch Nails Hurt was Rick Rubin. Yeah. He was like, you totally need to cover this song. And it's like, he just finds. But then he these- does cool shit that you don't even know is happening. Like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers was the backup band for yeah. Johnny Cash right. on all those recordings. Like, or like some like crazy musicians, like people that played with like Marvin Gaye and shit are like playing drums for like this Adele song or something. And you yeah, just don't know it that it gives it the feel. That's yeah. Cause the he's feel like, Hey, would you be willing to come in and track yeah. drums on right. this for this artist? Or Fiona, Fiona yeah. Apple yeah. doing like nameless background tracks for some other song, yeah. you know, yeah, because they all love him and he like brings out the best. in Well, and, and that, I mean, that's smart because you'd say like, it's just why it's the same reason why there's like a, they call it the machine. You know what I mean? Like they country music, all mm-hmm. these songs have the same, right. same notes and same kind of flow and same, you know, this and that. And it's because they know that that works. Right. So if you take somebody who's huge in music or who's really talented, really good, yeah. and has a specific style and you throw it into this thing, well, you already know people love that. Mm-hmm. 
So now it's going to be there. And they're going to go, I don't know what it is about this, but <clears throat> they're pumping out I like product. It. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I like it. You right. know, like, I don't know why I like it, but I like it. But that background, it's, that they're, thing they're making the, you cookies. Know, they're just yeah. like, oh, well, people like eggs, flour, sugar, vanilla, yeah. and some kind of sweet treat. Yeah, Let's what, throw what, Reese's what can cups we put on in this there. One. Well, yeah. so. M&M's on this one. You know what I mean? We'll throw fucking right, right. chocolate But the back yeah. is, is there and it's solid. You know, it's a core. Where he's taking a completely different uh, like avenue of approach to music. He's just trying to make good music. Yeah. He literally said back in the day they would make it and he didn't care if anyone. He said if 500 people listened to it, awesome. Yeah. But really it was just for me and my friends. I yeah. just want to make a dope song. Right. And like it's like their first 12-inch label or, or 7-inch record had like it was in a brown paper bag with no label yeah. on it. They're just handing out yeah. records. Yeah. Like, just make this shit. And I think <clears throat> his real ability isn't because he doesn't even know how to work a soundboard like right. he doesn't no, do that he, says, not he must his, have picked up a little bit but i'm sure really he fuck with it. i think when he and says he i don't know how to band. i think when he says i don't know how to work a soundboard he's, he's not saying, properly trained he's saying i work with the best soundboard operator yeah. in the world yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'm not at that league yeah. i just don't even Why fucking. Yeah. Yeah. you see you see footage of him fucking with the soundboard but that's not his thing that's you, not what he's there on for. that shangri-la they talk to those guys and like it's a trip man it's kind of culty weird like where they're like He's like, yeah, man. He's like, uh, on my best days, I'm doing a great job if no one knows I'm there. He's like, it basically, the artist is tracking and I get it uh, tracked and looped and up into the machine. It's ready to go for anything they ask me. It just happens. He's like, I don't even think about reaching in to say good morning uh, to Rick. I don't want to give him a handshake because it might throw him off his vibe. Maybe he's in some kind of thing. He's like, we don't talk. I just there. I'm just doing what I do. And like, there's no clocks. We don't know what time it is. It could be, you know, it could be midnight. Right. We're going to work the shit. We don't quit. We're not going to quit. We're not quitting because it's like, we're not nine to five here. Yeah. It's like we started and everything's going good. So we just keep going. Yeah. until whatever no one stops no one asks it's just it was a weird like hmm. they meditate there's just i'm gonna place like, a trip one of them like uh uh kesha yeah mm-hmm. she looked weird man yeah, she did look weird she, i don't but, know it was like i remember her being like really good looking i thought back I in the day i don't know anything you know, about her but i but now i don't know on that interview she looked like either she had work done or she'd aged something, or something yeah. probably probably she, but, she um she in that 60 minutes thing said that she was like having a hard time like developing this song and was just like stuck against a wall. And Rick Rubin said, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to go home and you need to write an essay that tells me every single thing that this song is trying to convey. And she was like, okay. And she went home and wrote this essay and then came back the next day. And it was like, that was exactly what I needed to do to crack this song and like his whole, th- I, I think his real talent is I, I believe he is like a super gifted empath. Right. And Very I think intuitive. when he gets in a room with a super talented artist, he's just able to make them, he's able to read them and be like something stopping you right yeah. now from where you need to be on this song. And he somehow manages to break down a barrier and move a yeah. wall and let someone get deeper than any fucking, other producer. A therapist. He is. No, exactly. I mean, that's all it is yeah. really. I mean, that's what you're doing. There. I think that he has like meditated him, himself into such an openness that he has a way of listening that normal people have their own input and you're like waiting for your turn to talk and you're waiting for your idea for it to be your turn. And I think he's just literally there like so open Mm -hmm. that no one is that open to actually hear and observe 
and feel like he's just he's open in a weird way where he's like he's listening to music and <clears throat> swaying and yeah like, yeah yeah like whatever fucking energy is happening like he's, he's as got his open w- as window possible. open with a Malibu yeah. breeze blowing and he's, yeah, and he's, he's like, like I don't closed. like this style he's of music so disturbing. you know yeah right. but he knows just, exactly yeah. like what he likes and he's very decisive about what he likes or doesn't like and completely has every bit of confidence mm-hmm. in that decision and even like one of the one of the stories and this is all out of order we'll get into the notes but uh, whole courts out of order, he Dave. was he was um he was working with tom petty and tom petty was like hey i just came up with like five tracks and gave him a tape and was like give these a listen and see what you know what you think you know might make it on the album or what i should look at and rick rubin listened to it and he said that it was just him like playing all five songs in a row like he on said, a tape none of it spoke to him and he said none of it spoke to him but in the middle like but like as he was warming up to play another song he was just randomly fucking around and played like a riff and he was like that's it right there what and he like is. took the tape and he drove over to tom petty's house and was like hey this is your song and that ended up being like the main lick it's to last last dance, last dance mary with mary jane, jane. Hmm. And it was like, it wasn't, it was just a lick. And he was yeah. like, no, that's the whole fucking song. That's, right? that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, he's just got this weird intuition about music. And I mean, to think of someone who produced Adele and Public Enemy and Slayer yeah. and the Dixie Chicks all like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like that's, that's a rare producer. You yeah. usually pick a lane. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. So, and in general, he was, uh, he was called the most important producer of the last 20 years by MTV in 2007. He's on Time's list of the 100 most influential people in the world. Um, and Dr. Dre said he's hands down the dopest producer ever that anyone would want to be ever. And he calls himself the reducer instead of the yeah, producer. He calls himself like on the Beastie Boys album, it says reduced by yeah. Rick Rubin. <laughs> yeah. Because he said he takes away everything to figure out doesn't need what's the there. essence. What's actually here that you're, that's yeah. making you like that. When you, it makes sense. Like, like, oh, there's strings and violin and this yeah. fucking thing, and this beat and this sample. And it's like, but what's the thing that's actually moving you? Right. What, how much does it take when you start to bob your fucking head or tap your foot? Like right. what point <clears throat> do you hit and what's necessary? And it's very like reflective of like the simplicity of like the minimalism that he practices in life. Like the place at Shangri-La, like you should, everyone should, if you're into this at all, you should absolutely watch that. Um, but it's just like, it's so clean and there's nothing like, uh, there was a artist there. I don't, it was a rapper guy. I don't know who he was, but he was like, look, there's one sandbag on that microphone stand. He's like, you know why? He's like, cause that's fucking how much sand it takes to hold that mic. He's like, nothing else. There's nothing else no, in there's here. Nothing else there's in a the piano, room. there's a pool table, but it's like, the pool table has some kind of like historical thing. Did you, oh, you didn't see this. There's some kind of fucking crazy underground, like Vatican fucking files thing inside the Shangri-La place. Oh, I'm sure. He's like, a lot of people don't know this, but we've got <clears> some <throat> stuff here. I'll, I'll just go ahead and show you. And he walks down some white hallway down through past some other white room. There's nothing on the walls. There's no art, no clocks, no TVs, no gold no records. Grammys, no, no Grammys, no Grammys. Yeah. He said he mailed them to his parents. Yeah, he, and he has yeah, no he idea doesn't where, know where they are. He's like, those <laughs> things are distractions. It doesn't really matter. Setting a goal to try to achieve something. Your, your, your goal is to make the best, best music possible. And if that happens, then the other will happen. Those are, Don't those worry are just, about the award. Those are byproducts. Yeah. Of, of but dude, the, he yeah. walks into this room and you're like, what the fuck? It's like there's a basement. So he walks into this room that has like a catwalk around it. And down in the stairs of the catwalk is another guy who's like an on-staff historian that is like, it's wild. He's like, um, so what we have here is some uh, like crazy shit, like some a- ancient African uh, texts that are like, like, it's like the history of every kind of crazy music you could think of. And then they even have player piano rolls of 99 Problems and... <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and a bullshit <laughs> that they preserve because like, he's like, we have a feeling that this could possibly preserve the music better than the actual like um, digital, digital format. If something got lost, wow. that in antiquity, like this could still be here. And there's all this crazy weird <clears throat> shit down there, man. It was like Vatican fucking archives kind of thing. But didn't you say that they, music, he repaints yeah. the studio, but. But there's a every, crew that comes through. So like, oh, we're going to have a, like chili peppers, are com- chili peppers are coming or something. And they had a fucking crew that was like, dude, they're not fucking around. Like they had like fucking feather dusters on 20 foot poles cleaning the skylights and a dude with a toothbrush on the fucking like wall going down the fucking lines so that it was like they're vacuuming, moving on shit, took everything out, painted the floors, ceiling and walls all white, just like fucking stark white and put everything back. Nothing was out of place. So clean, it was ridiculous. Mm. Like, not a footprint, not a speck of dust. I was like, damn. To the point that I thought, man, maybe is he a kind of a weird secret asshole? Like, or are they just doing it because they know it must be done? Here's the thing because I went into it thinking he was just a fucking asshole. Like, I really I don't did get the more vibe, research. I don't get no, that vibe at all. At all. But Once I'm afraid I there's doing some the Ellen research, DeGeneres, like, like, quiet thing behind the scene where he's like, <clears throat> did you toothbrush that fucking thing? I no, I was even yeah. trying, like, I was even, like, researching, like, you know, controversy. Some and shit would have came out. And it's like, yeah. they're just, there's a hand, I have it in the news, there's a handful of musicians that didn't enjoy working with them, but I think that's just a matter of. I think they weren't great. It was taste. Slip, it was Slipknot and shit. Well, it was Slipknot and it was also Muse. Yeah, maybe. And I think Muse is fucking great. Maybe he committed, but it wasn't his deal. But somebody so he should have said that rather than sure. like not give them the attention. Right. But the other thing too, though, is that you're not, you're not going to make 100% of people happy. No, you can help some people. Yeah. You can't help other right. people. They're right. muse are great musicians. And I have a feeling and that maybe they, they have their own strong exactly. opinions about and what needs to be in a song. I'm, you I, know. I can imagine them not wanting someone else to like get them in touch yeah. with their feelings and yeah. you know, whatever. And he's like, like Hey, fine. take that out of the song. And they're like, mm, no, that's, like yeah. that's going yeah. in. Like that's the part, you know? Oh, that was the other thing. There, so. there was a, uh, with LL Cool J, um, who's super tight with them. I mean, he met him when he was 14 and fucking yeah, had a record out when he was 16. 16 yeah. And, um, the, uh, I actually just watched him on hot ones and he talked a little bit about Rick Rubin, but, um, one of the things I read might've been on 60 minutes. I think it was in that Rolling Stones, my life in 21 songs. It talked about the fact that the, on going back to Cali with LL Cool J, which has like these like retro, like noir horns in the background. And he was like, we had put the whole thing together and he was like, no, I don't even like normally horns would be the first thing that I would tell you to get rid of right? <clears throat> to get to the essence of the song. And he was like, in this case, it was just like, this song needs horns to the point that he added a horn solo. And it's like rap in 88 didn't have fucking retro mm. noir horn solos. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, you know, and it was, he was like, but yeah, something about the horns going at a slow tempo, but then the beat going at a faster tempo was just the exact right thing that that song needed. And it's just a fucking classic rap it. song. Yeah. Dude. Classic. He's one of those yeah. guys where, <clears throat> and I think there's a case for it. It's very interesting. Like a lot of like really, really talented artists, uh, writers, uh, people like Nikola Tesla, like all that wild stuff. It's like, they are just like a faucet to the universe, to the, yeah. to the yeah. ethereal, like they tap into yeah, the Akashic records, the Akashic, whatever's <laughs> going on there where they're like, yeah, he was talking to this other guy. It was, uh, it was, uh, who's Lynch, the movie guy, uh, David Lynch, David Lynch is sitting there talking to him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Him and David Lynch are just hanging out. That's a perfect combination. Yeah. You got to watch it, man. I'm telling you, you got to watch it. And they're sitting there talking. And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, they're talking about how it just, they don't know where it comes from. It's not from them. Like they can't take <clears throat> right. credit for it, but they're available 
for it to come through mm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, it's a weird thing because it, it's a question of what is consciousness and where do original thoughts come from? Like when you sit there and contemplate some shit, yeah, you're like calculating and problem solving, but where does the actual where did fucking the first kernel yeah, of that, thing where did come that from? thing come from? It's born and evolves in your in mind. Your yeah. But it's like, yeah. it's like the create, it's like, this is a little too crazy deep. Maybe it's like the where like the big bang. It's like, where did the thing come from before the thing? That bang. So your well, I think, final I think product your, came from an idea. I think, but where your, did idea yeah, I think your mind is thinking, you, you're not thinking about it. You know what I mean? But your mind is thinking about it. Like, well, he, it, you know, how you're, you know, how he, said you something, right. uh, he said something cool. He said, did you ever have an idea and you didn't follow through with it only to find out like weeks later or months later? someone else did yeah yeah. and he said you know why he's like it was time for that right it was time for that product it was time for that song it was time for that show somebody pushed it it was time for that and the universe was pushing that this is time yeah whatever vessel wants to be the carrier to present this right be it you if you make the effort and let it happen if not it's coming anyway somebody's doing that happened when they invented the tv a guy like in italy invented the tv the same time as a guy in america at the same exact time i mean you could argue that like oh yeah all the technology was heading that way or something but i don't know man there's something to that there is something to it because i mean anytime like i could come up with something some bullshit right and then you're like oh that can't be invented no it's not and then pretty soon you're like oh fucking somebody fucking made it you're like, are you fucking yeah. serious like <clears throat> or not it's just something you came up with you didn't really care about but yeah those ideas do come it's like when i invented mandals yeah yeah, yeah. man says it candles or it's like fresh cut lumber and grass and bacon son yeah. of a bitch some other guy named brent actually yeah, like yeah it was like it was like three years earlier mm, nice bastard that sucks but yeah, he wrote a like, book called the creative the creative act a way of being that actually as of this recording it just came out last month i actually bought it on amazon i almost ordered it today i ordered it i yeah, ordered it but as I bought soon the, as i was done researching i was like i'm buying that fucking book because i'm really because it even says like specifically it's great for writers it's great for musicians it's great for artists and i, I listen to him really talk in length about it he, it's anyone that wants to create <clears throat> something create the thing i'm really curious he wrote like eleven thousand pages or something something crazy it took him years and then he narrowed it all the way down and then there was a version he said still exists and he was just like still not it and then recut it again to what it is now right so but so yeah i'm eager, I'll, I'll I'm eager to get that book um what's so, it called it's called the creative act a way of being hmm. it's also a damn good looking book it's cool yeah and so it's funny <laughs> like, they talked about a fucking it good looking so look book. at the, what do you see on the front what do you see when you saw the cover what do you think when you see the cover i he talked about that's part of his i thing. thought it was a paring down of the yin and yang symbol and it was a record so so, so funny thought record um so like joe rogan was like why is there a target on the front he's like funny you're an archer that of course you would think target <laughs> he's like so he's like part of the book is the cover everyone perceives what it is and then he's like that is important because the book is many things like maybe right. you're a creator of this sort or that sort or you're into archery or you're into writing he's like and it's going to speak to you how it speaks to you the way mm-hmm. the cover spoke to you because my first thing was it looked like the yin and yang symbol without the like taking right. away and it's not the- he said what it is exactly <clears throat> and it's a sim it is a symbol for something i can't hmm. remember what it was maybe it's like it was aramaic or some crazy thing i can't remember what it was but it was a symbol for something hmm. uh, but he, he took interest that, of joe's perception of it and interpretation yeah, yeah. um so as a Ute, he was uh, born into a Jewish Jewish family in Long Beach, just like a, I would guess, a lower middle class. His dad was a shoe wholesaler. Um, he, got, uh, he got into music young. I guess he learned guitar from the director of his school's audio visual department <clears throat> um, and 
wasn't ever a great musician by his own admission, but um, he started a punk rock band in the early 80s called The Pricks. And uh, what's that? That's perfect. And this next one was Hose. Yeah. But I thought it was funny because I I saw a picture of him in his dorm room that became Def Jam headquarters. And like the wall in front of his desk was just covered in The Pricks. Right. Like little, you know, glue them up posters. And I was like, who the fuck are The Pricks? You know? Um, he made the Def Jam logo too, just out of like cutting out typography from yeah. shit and like putting up, I'm putting on the wall. Yeah. Um, so he played with this band and I guess their, uh, biggest claim to fame was that they got on stage at CBGB, um, which is probably worth doing a show about. Yeah. We honest. talked about it a couple of times now. Um, <clears throat> but they, they got on stage at CBGB every time. I know. And uh, apparently they got kicked off the stage because they got in a fight with hecklers, like an actual physical fight. And then it turned out later that the hecklers they got in fight with were friends with Rick Rubin. And he told them to go in and heckle the punk act so they could get in a fight. Because then, because <laughs> then it was all over New York. Oh, did you hear about the pricks? They were on CBGB and they fucking started kicking dudes in the face. And like the whole thing was like planned. That's funny. <laughs> um so he um his senior year of high school he started def jam records using his high school's four track recorder um even though it wasn't recording anything um that was my first recorder that four track was it i did all kinds of crazy shit with that thing yeah awesome so he Four track, a port, uh, it was a Tascam Porter Studio, yeah, mm-hmm. zero seven. Mad one, yeah, ping pong, you know, ping pong three tracks over to one track, and mm-hmm. so we'd record all the drums and then ping pong yeah. down to one. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Fun. Yeah. Had to get a Stockdale music to get metal yeah. halide double sided tapes or whatever. It's fucking fun. Yeah, nice. some crazy shit. Yeah. Those things are pieces of shit. No, it was and fun. Doctor, dude. You, you have a Doctor Rhythm? Um, no, but my buddy had that. Yeah, yeah the drum machine. Yeah, yeah. those sucked. Those are yeah, my buddy had it. So he moved on to form a band called Hose. Um, and it technically became their first uh, release from yeah. Def Jam. Hose in different area codes. <laughs> he, pro- he probably produced yeah. that. <laughs> um, but uh, they planned around New York City, um, and then they ended up uh, doing a tour um, in the Midwest and California with like the Meat Puppets, Husker Du, Circle Jerks, and the Butthole Surfers. So they were like a legit punk band. Yeah, like if that was their that was their lineup. Um, but they broke up in 84. Um, and he was, uh, I think a sophomore at, uh, NYU and famously launched Def Jam out of his, uh, dorm room. And, um, he ended up, <clears throat> so part of it that I thought was interesting is he loved the hip hop scene in New York. And that was really the only, I mean, that was where hip hop was and then nowhere else really in the eighties. But the thing that he loved about it was you would go into a club and it was a DJ who was either scratching or using an 808 or, I mean, just like a very simple, there's just one person producing music or even beatboxing. And then there was one rapper or a team of rappers and he just loved it. He thought that was what hip hop was. Did you see the thing where they did pause tapes? They had fucking kids. They transitioned like the next thing was cassettes after records. So there became a thing where DJs just had two cassette players. And they would fucking pause, play, pause, mm-hmm. play oh, to make shit. loops and shit. So it would like fucking record, pause, play, pause, play to create a loop and like rewind and play back over it. And they were like playing, like DJing with cassettes. It was wow. kind of crazy. Yeah. That's a crazy skill yeah, set. It was, it was wild. 
But he said that all the hip hop records that were coming out were like highly produced, a full band in the studio. And he was like, this isn't what this is. Like the things that are being manufactured aren't the essence of hip hop. And uh, he got to know uh, Tila Rock and Jazzy J. And they let him produce uh, It's Yours. Got a which, bit, I got a bit on it. I'm high bidder right now. On are you really? Yep. What? Um, what is it? For that record. It's Yours by oh, Tila Rock and Jazzy J. Brad's <laughs> just going to outbid me right now. <laughs> and um, Why would you want that? A sort of a thousand truths is mine. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Jazzy J introduces him to Russell Simmons at a, at a, a nightclub. And uh, Ruben basically, I mean, they instantly saw in each other what each other was. You know what I mean? Russell Simmons was like, this guy's really in touch with music. And Rick Rubin was like, this guy's really in touch with business. Yeah, It's cool that they weren't just like fucking white boy with these goofy ass sunglasses. Like, but he probably talked the talk. Yeah, he did. Like, oh, he knows what's up. And he might, I mean, he probably had a reputation because he just went on tour with fucking butthole surfers and shit. Like, even though it was a different genre, you knew you know, that stuff. But so, yeah, they went back to the dorm room and then together they made Def Jam into Def Jam records. And then they immediately, by his senior year of college, he had uh, converted the beastie boys from an unknown punk band into a hip hop sensation. Um, He sort of he reinvented run DMC and he signed LL cool J and the three of them really fucking blew things up. Um, At one point in the interview, he was talking about, how he finally had to leave NYU because they would go down to the dorm mail room and the entire room was just full of, of records, records yeah. that were being shipped out by beca- Def Jam. Yeah, they became distribution <clears throat> to Def Jam, basically. Yeah. And the other funny thing was there was like a, a legal, uh, like a law student was above him. And she was like, I mean, you can't say she was a Karen. She was trying to go to college. Fuck. And that and motherfucker. Def Jam is he had Serwin Vega, like fucking 15 inch towers <laughs> yeah, in the fucking dorm room. Yeah. Right. And turntables. And they were doing that shit in there at all hours of the night. And so she fucking went and they had like a fucking court case and she represented herself. And his defense was, um, it is my art and hip hop is my art and volume is a part of hip hop. It's integral. And therefore, by infringing on this, you would be infringing on my art and wow. like, and closed it down and he was allowed to do it. And they like knew the lady's name and they said like, oh, poor fucking what's her name? Because she was like, you know, she's just trying to go to fucking school, yeah. dude. And these dudes are just fucking killing and it. Anderson Cooper even asked him, like, what did your roommate have to say about it? And he was like, oh, he fucking loved it. He loved it. it. Yeah. Thank God. Like, cause, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, but they said the roots and origins of fight for your right to party was because he had to fight for his right oh, to do wow. that. And so that's where that Beastie Boys um, kind of came from, was that girl busted in the door. They do a whole reenactment of it, which I have to say, um, artistically, like the way that they did that documentary was so cool. I was telling Brad earlier when he came by the shop, um, there's a part in the documentary, like episode two or something, where they're panning out from a TV and it goes past a head. Like, so, you know, Rick Rubin's got that look. He's got that big beard. Crazy beard. He's got the fucking balding uh-huh. spot with just a little whisk. A little crusty the crown. A little crazy yeah. spot the right there on top, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you see it back up, but you can tell, like, that's like a nine-year-old kid. And they did the hair and the wisp. So they made a miniature Rick Rubin awesome. with a beard and haircut so well, though. It, like, didn't even look silly. It looked like some kind of, like... 
thing from like 2010 where the baby's just going to grow into it or something. (laughs) So it was like this little kid and he was watching the TV and he was talking about the Beatles and Paul's dead and how much that affected him. The conspiracy that Paul had died and been replaced and all that shit and music. And is this real? Are they lying to like just all this crazy stuff that he was into back in the day when he was watching that, but they keep using him in these periods as they're like how he was influenced as a child. And the entire time they have this little kid representing him with the beard and everything. Yeah. And then at some point in time in the later episodes, they had the most amazing marionette of him that was just creepy. Like they had a perfect <laughs> marionette with the hair and all the shit. What's that on? Um, I watched it on, uh, was it Paramount? I think it's Paramount. Okay. Yeah. And so it's a four part thing. It's totally worth watching. Everyone <laughs> out there pro- got to watch, watch that shit. It. it was great. It's, I told Brad earlier that it was, it was the last documentary that I felt this way about was Project Odessa. Oh, wow. That it was that good where I was like, wow, this is well done. Like I said, even just watching Anderson Cooper interview him, I was just fucking blown away. I was super pulled in. I mean, enough to buy his book. You're going to be like, yeah, Yeah. mine's coming Friday. I got it. I finally found it. I was, it kept coming with audible. I finally figured out, oh, I should click and then select hardback. Oh, right. Right. How much did you pay? It was on sale right now. I don't know. It was, it was like 20 bucks. Or yeah. Something. It was 21% yeah. off. Yeah. It's number three on Amazon's list right now. Hmm. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, hmm. So good for him. Gonna, he, he needs the money. He yeah, needs the break. Needs I was thinking about, he needs a what about, you think, uh, I don't, I don't want to like stack of books and shit. Like you think I could read a Kindle? I bought yeah, a Kindle, hundred percent, and I started I playing with it. it to be yeah, honest. I started playing with it, but I oh, really? do. I do. I love. It I like the tangible. I love a book. Smell of a book and shit. I do, I like but I feel it. like I feel like uh, lighting issues would yep. cause me to not want to read. Yep. I'll and, tell you, I pulled the Kindle. Like I've, been, I've been reading it a lot uh, lately, and I pulled the Kindle out the other day. I was like, why am I not doing this? I think a little bit of it has to do with a sense of progress. Um, mm. And I can't see the progress on the Kindle That's so much. True. It's uh, a very so weird. Well, you, change, well, you, you change need the, the kids Kindle where it well, gives if, you the star for each page you read. Well, if you change the settings, cause you can determine like, it'll either tell you how much time is left or what percentage, but not, or now it even says pages. Maybe I need an update or something. Like you might need an update. Cause it doesn't say pages and that drives me kind of crazy. Yeah. The Kindle, the Kindle paper white is totally worth it. Cause if I have two categories, like there are books that I want to own the book. Yes. And then I buy the book. Right. And there are a lot of books. It's like, you can still uh, read it on the Kindle I just and buy the book. And I've done I mean, that. Yeah. That's how I feel like, about I've it. Done I feel that like I would buy the book and read it on yeah. the Kindle. That would be cool. I've done, yeah. I've yeah. done that you could, times. you could just download the Kindle app on your phone right now. Yeah, but I, I want to read it on. No, the, and, the Kindle paper is not that much bigger unless you buy the. They're the paper white though. You can get it. It's like a flat. I have it. I can't do it on my phone or on a tablet. Yeah, I've tried to do it on a tablet. Like I want that electric flat. paper flat yeah backlit yeah. like That's it's so easy to read about, yeah. there's no ice strain like i, you know, know, I, ice chain, I get like, i get yeah the ice chain's bad i only messed with it phone. when i was sleepy the other night i pulled it out because i was done reading my uh like chapter or whatever i had finished in 1984 and i grabbed the kindle to go back and look at star maker to try to see where the oh, fuck yeah. i was at i do <laughs> want to finish that but i'm yeah. probably gonna have to start over but i do dig that Maybe. book um but i uh i couldn't figure out how to get the fuck back out of the book Back to the main menu where my other books are. Yeah, some of the menu settings are weird on it. I couldn't get out. I was like, okay, there's brightness. Okay, there's dictionary. Here's this. I was like, do I long hold? Do I press the corner? Swipe? <laughs> I press on shit. I was like, I'm going to have to Google how to get the back out of the book. I'm going to have to reboot this thing. I can't get back it to is, the menu. It is counterintuitive, and you might need an update. Yeah, maybe I need like, an update or yeah. something. Something's been fixed. Kindle's totally worth it. I fucking love that mm. thing. Okay. But like I said, I buy I buy. It both. is way better on your eyes. You can make the text That's, that's what I mean, yeah. And you know what's dope? is like when you hit a word that you don't know, I mean, I always just stop tap and on it. Yeah. And you just <laughs> like, tap on that shit, and it gives a definition. And I was yeah. like, oh, moving on. I know that word now. Oh, that's kind of that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That's cool. Especially Star Maker. Fucking yeah, shit. Like, what's World War II mean? Because <laughs> 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 I my bookshelves are fucking stacked. I got to really want a book. 
to buy the physical book. Hey, it's uh, Slaughterhouse Five. That's gory. It's like it's murder shit no. or what? No, that's no, just the no, name. Huh? No, okay. no. Because I want to read it. Like, because you about, say that's like in so su- profound. In it got summary, you it's about a man who gets unstuck in time. Oh, fuck because yeah. he gets abducted by aliens called the Tralfamagorians who don't see time linearly. Oh, dude, that is so fucking right <laughs> on my alley. Like, and it's about World War II. Yeah, I'm almost going to have to like, because I was going to read Catch-22, like Brave New World. I got all this stuff on my fucking, I'm like, which book to get next? Like, I would do Slaughterhouse Five. It next. looks like it's pretty easy it's read, pretty, really, it's, it's an easy read. It's funny. Yeah. Dude. Funny as fuck. Okay. Like, yeah, I would, I would Jack, go do that score, dude. Did I not get like the stack of fucking, yeah, books? that was a great stack. How about, how's the other one that I had, uh, from Vonnegut? What was it? It was, a uh, cat's cradle. Yeah. Is that good? Or? Great. It's a yeah, classic. It's okay. Most people that teach Vonnegut, actually it's either Slaughterhouse Five or cat's cradle are the it's two. It's funny. It looked like a college people. professor had dropped off or, or a student had dropped off their college reading. Yeah. List. <laughs> it, did. it was like, it looked club, like a postmodern reading food, list. Yeah, yeah. Fast food nation. I was like, yeah. these are Dave books. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, Vonnegut. I remember him talking about a mind frame sit downs that he fucking loves this guy. Yeah. And, and I was amazing. like, okay. And so I grabbed both those and I grabbed everything they had. And then I can never say Chuck Palahniuk. 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 Yeah. yeah. And then four of those. Yeah. I already had choke, but I can't find it. So right. I got another copy. Right. Yeah. Palahniuk's uneven. I think some of it's great. Some of it's eh. All right. Um, so uh, Def Jam ends up landing a multi-million dollar distribution deal with Columbia. And right when that happens, and I didn't know this, apparently he heard a radio jingle, just like a a radio commercial on the air in New York, and it hit his Rick Rubin spot, and he was like, who the fuck wrote that jingle? And he like it was tracked. never out. The universe <clears throat> just put it on his radio. Yeah. Find yeah. Chuck D. And it wasn't even, he didn't even do the rapping. He just wrote the lyrics right. and he was like, whoever wrote those lyrics is fucking dope. And he ended up tracking it down and it was Chuck D and he just signed him. Yeah. He was like, come on, man. And he fucking off, signed, he, off a fucking radio jingle yeah. that he, and the thing is that says so much because the, the power of public enemy is Chuck D's voice. Like that distinctive Chuck D voice is what drives it. So just to see the lyrics and be like, yo, this guy's dope. And then he he probably went down and heard him doing his own thing and was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. You know, and public enemy was like nothing else in rap. Yeah. I I can't remember what the quote was. They were talking about what they were comparing themselves to. They're like, we're going to be like this, but blah blah blah, but and you rap, look, and they're all yeah. black militant, crazy yeah. fucking like uh, it was, the S1Ws yeah. walking around stage with Uzis. <laughs> yeah, and fucking, yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> it was hardcore. And then Brad made my original logo. It's pretty much Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Chuck D said, "Rick Rubin is one of the pillars, uh, pillar stones of hip hop. He didn't pioneer the production. He didn't pioneer rap, but he pioneered a certain energy for it to be daring." Mm-hmm. That and dude did really, some Rick Rubin shit. Because it was like, like pre-Rick magic. Rubin, there wasn't a whole lot of rap, but a lot of it was like, my name is Dave and I'm here to <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah. <clears throat> you terrible. know, but then with Rick Rubin, we've got fucking guitar riffs and it gets hardcore and like he brings punk rock into mm-hmm. it and he like he really drives the energy of early hip hop in a in a major way. And just to look you, at you the time, he's just in a major way. In a major you can't <laughs> help it. That fucking subliminally <laughs> slipped in there. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, the bad rap. Yeah, is yeah. eternal. Yeah, it fucking yeah. had to. The universe had to finish that. It was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You're not gonna get away off that easy. Finish yeah. the ride, you and you're here ride. to say, yeah, you'll finish it, buddy. You'll finish it, Bucko. Yeah. Damn it! I had no control. That was funny. Um, 
so yeah, he ends up, um, a friend of his who was the editor at spin magazine basically said, you know, what would be crazy is if like Aerosmith teamed up with run DMC and he was like, you're fucking right. He said on Rogan that Aerosmith had had taken a fucking fall. That yeah. They went from like selling out arenas to nothing to doing like fucking nightclubs yeah, or man. something in six months. Mm. Rogan's like, what the fuck was up with that? He's like, I don't know, but it happened. Mm-hmm. He said within six months, they were just doing like nothing. Yeah. And they were kind of washed up and that totally wow. brought him right back. Oh, yeah. Oh. Fucking made him. I wouldn't say brought him right back. I would say made him bigger than they ever yeah, were. Yeah. You know, and then he starts producing them as well and getting, you know, yeah. doing all that. But um hmm. Uh, and then I'm going to check out Slayer <laughs> rain and blood. Like I don't, yeah, so, I remember some Slayer from when I was younger, but not really. No, me either. So in 86, they do walk this way. And then in 87, he did rain and blood or no, in 86, he did rain and blood. And then in 87, he, uh, did the cult, um, with some of their biggest stuff. And then he apparently had a falling out with the president of Def Jam, Lior Cohen. I saw that in your notes, but he tells that story so different on his interview. Really? Yeah, he says that um, him and uh, fucking what's his name, uh, Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons. He's like, he's like, it, there was no falling out. He said it wasn't that we didn't get along. He said it just wasn't the best thing for both of us or either of us. And so I asked him, it's like do you want to leave? And he's like, I'm not, I don't want to leave Def Jam. He's like, all right, then I'm going to leave then. He's like, cause it just isn't right. For, it doesn't, we're not doing the same thing. Cause he wants to do Slayer. Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. Def Jam's going hip hop and he's trying to for grab sure. Slayer and shit. And so he does, and he goes Def American. Yeah. Def yeah, America records. records. So he moves to LA cause that's probably where the different scene, you know, that's where rock is. That's where the metal's coming from. Um, and he, he moves out be there. held to one genre. That's not what he wanted. To yeah, do. I agree. Yeah. So in 93, uh, so in 98, he forms Deaf American Records. And then in 93, he got rid of Deaf and he said that it had become accepted into like standard dictionary. And he actually, when he renamed the company to be American Records, he actually held a funeral. I watched the video. Have you seen For it? the word deaf. Al Sharpton <laughs> is fucking yeah, walking around. Al Sharpton does the yeah. funeral. And they go like they have an open casket and they throw like Def Jam records and shit in there and they're throwing shit in there like yeah. and they bury it. They actually yeah. like bury the word deaf. Yeah. Like, like, it's not cool anymore. You if couldn't in, do that today dictionary. without starting a fucking beef. Probably. You know, because yeah. then Russell Simmons would be like, you what are you doing to Def yeah, Jam? Right. You know, and I wish I would have bought that jacket. <clears throat> Man, you're gonna regret that for the rest I of will, my life. Def Jam dude. jacket. I, there was a <laughs> Def Jam record jacket with a record pocket uh, in the back yeah. of it. It was like Ooh. a fucking uh, oh, varsity. I, I remember that. It was yeah, a yeah. varsity jacket yeah. with a Def Jam record holder in the back, and I was like, it was like it was like forty something dollars, but that was like big money for Rad. And I was like, kind of broke at the time. I was like, I could buy this. I was like, but damn, did I, I remember like, you talking about? Yeah, that, I need yeah. to pay like PG&E and shit. At this Didn't point. you go back the same day or the next day? I went back the next day. Next day, because I was like, I know I should have bought that about that on the jimmy Ivine episode or maybe, something maybe yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, um, I'm gonna look it up right now it's gonna be 300 dollars jacket or something crazier probably so um yeah so now he can produce different stuff um at this same uh point similar to aerosmith he was at a dinner theater in orange county and he met johnny cash like johnny cash was there and he was there and then they started talking and i guess johnny cash like his Rick Rubin's wording for it was the music industry had left him behind. Like he wasn't really relevant anymore. His records weren't selling very well, which is crazy, um, which that's, is crazy. Yeah. 
And then um, he was like, so his goal became, and this is in 94, he started to try to get new material written with Johnny Cash in mind. Hmm. So he started turning to some of the best songwriters and lyricists and he wasn't really worried about the music. He was like, we just need the lyrics. Yeah. He told Johnny, Johnny Cash, Cash, he's like, we're going to, we're going to make the best album you've ever made. And he was just like, I don't know how that's possible. Like right. my, my heyday is over. I did all the shit. I was a fucking cowboy. Like I was the guy, you know? Right. And it's crazy because he made him bigger than he ever was. Yes. Yeah. They did six. Oh, no, they did seven, seven albums. albums together over the next 10 years, and he was the one who gave them hurt yep. and and convinced him to do it. Hmm. Um, and again, he was like, just, you know, Johnny, just look at the lyrics. Like, don't right. worry about the music. Just look at the lyrics. And it was and perfect. And he said, he was you like, know. you know, he's like, he was older, not, you know, not as pretty to look at. And he was a young man, he was handsome. Now he's mm-hmm. like, he's really worn. He's <clears> like, his voice is weaker. He's like, but there was vulnerability in it. Yeah. There was like a story to be told. And it was just somehow it was better. And like hurt is fucking pretty good. That's it's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. Good. And talk the about video is like, oh, talk about, dude. and he even said like in that, that 21 songs article, like he said that like to him, he can't divorce the song hurt from the video hurt. Right. He's like, it is, it is one and the same. Yeah, man. And, um, yeah, I, I shook was... his fucking hand and June Carter Cash's hand. That's crazy. Yeah. Met them on a fucking plane. That's crazy. And that video is like her passing and him being alone and shit and like mm-hmm. drugs and alcohol. Yep. Just, yeah, man. So good. It's well done. And then um, in that same range, uh, he started working with, uh, he did six studio albums with uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, and they had approached him prior. And well, I guess said, it was their fifth album is when he Yeah, started. they approached I him he prior earlier in their career and he went and he <clears> said that like, he said, I, I don't like the vibe in the room. I don't like the feelings. Like they were, they were on drugs. He's oh, like, and for sure. He's like, I, I don't know what, but I suspect heroin. And you know, he's like, I just, I, I said, no, this isn't for me. And I moved on. And then they, he came back later and he was like, all right, we're good. Like, this yeah, is we good. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And they were talking about like for them, especially think how wild they are. They're fucking crazy. Yeah, Socks on their mind. cocks. Yeah. Fucking running around naked <laughs> on stage ridiculous. and shit. Yeah, Slipknot. No, no, uh-huh. chili peppers. Chili peppers. Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> there, he said like for us to go to, to their place to record. You know what I mean? It's like, we need like, our place to record for them to be able to just play. Like, like flea was like, there's, you got to push this button and turn this fucking dial. And you got to plug in right here and you got to be quiet and you got to do this thing. He's like, Rick took us to a house and just plug in and you just fucking, we play like we have eye contact. We're just playing. Like we're jamming. We're right, playing yeah. right we're on stage. We're, yeah. Kinda, this is yeah. our place. We're playing comfortably yeah. in this fucking room mm-hmm. where it was just this relaxed environment, which is a whole different kind of experience from a recording studio. Yeah. And people hadn't really done that. I know like uh one of the first time I remember hearing someone do that was uh, incubus did everything with like a fucking pro tools, digi fucking mm-hmm. 002 in a beach house mm-hmm. and a fucking MacBook. Right. And like, Oh wow. They record the whole album themselves on a fucking MacBook with a digi. I was like, we mm-hmm. had a digi mm-hmm. like me and Brad had a fucking digi interface. And like, yeah. we fucking like, that's crazy that they did all that. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it even dawns on me. This Rick moving to LA is probably why the beastie boys moved to LA. Yeah, someone else moved there too because of it. Uh, Weezer, uh, River, mm. yeah, Rivers Como, uh, fucking, they had an interview there talking about it, and he got him to meditate, and he still meditates two hours every single day because wow. of him. Hmm. And fucking Johnny Cash, you see the thing he talked about Anderson Cooper, he does communion with him, and they did it every day for the last six months of his life, even over the phone. Wow, he would call Johnny Cash 
and they would do fucking the whole thing. And he said, he said to this day, if I go through the motions, I can hear Johnny Cash saying the words to me. Crazy. I was like, what a wild fucking friendship and life. That's Johnny Cash. I mean, I know he's Rick fucking Rubin, but that's Johnny Cash. Yeah. He would call on the phone and they would fucking do weird religious shit over the phone. He can hear Johnny. Like, that's wild. They're people, Brent. And I couldn't. I know. I couldn't find, like, I just recently saw this. I thought it was LL Cool J on Hot Ones, but I recently saw a clip and it was a rapper and I, I wish I could remember the details. I don't even remember who it was, but it was like a big song that they released, like a huge rapper, huge song, and they had just recorded it. And then they went to a nightclub and he said that when they were leaving the club, Rick Rubin pulled up and said, get in the car. And like, he had nothing to do with the song. So they got in the car and Rick Rubin was playing the song yeah. that they had just recorded and they just drove around listening to the song. And then he like dropped him back off and said, you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this. And then just fucking drove off. You know, it just occurred like, no to me. Fee. Like what yeah. the fuck? Like, how did you get the song? Like you've already made it yeah. better. Just he's like the like, song Santa. <laughs> exactly. like, my motherfucker already had it. Like, I can't remember who was talking about it, but it fucking blew me away. He's probably chipping out that he had the song. Uh-huh. He's probably like, what in the, the fuck? Johnny Cash. It was 1994. I was, he was flying from Nashville to Los Angeles. I flew with Johnny Cash back to LA wow. in 94. Like right yeah. And shook yeah. his fucking hand. He was, he like was probably on his way to on fucking his, Rick. Rubin. He was on yeah. his way to the fucking dinner he was theater leaving in Tennessee to go to LA. Yeah. Like what? I mean, I'm, I can yeah, do something else, sure. but highly probable. Oh, yeah. That's what was going Especially on. Especially if that's yeah. the year he was probably going to do a recording session. That's wild. Yeah. Cause I graduated in 96 mm. and I was like a sophomore. So it would have been 94. Can you still hear his voice? Um, a little bit. I fucking can, to yeah. be honest. June Carter didn't say anything. She just went like this and shook my hand like dainty little old lady. Uh-huh. Uh, but he said, what's your name? And I was like, Brent. He's like, nice to meet you, son. And I was like, fuck, dude. <laughs> it was wild, dude. I can dude. imagine. Yeah. It's one of Brent's most memorable life. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Fucking lutely it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. That, yeah. Yeah. If I met Prince that one time and he shook my hand, I'd never yeah. fucking forget it. You know that, and I, I mean? that and I talked. No, because that turns I into a baby to, and sex. And all that <clears> stuff. True, yeah. yeah like, like Johnny Cash, yeah, Joe Rogan, instantly, and uh, Joey Diaz. Yeah, all those. Like, because they actually talked to me for a second. Like Joe yeah, yeah, Rogan yeah. broke out because it was like Teco was sponsoring Rogan at that yeah, point, yeah. and I said, "Hey, we have friends in common. Like, uh, we're sponsored by Elliot Teco Hot Sauce." And he's like, "Oh no shit!" I was like, "Yeah, I know Sarah and Amy." And he was like, "Oh no shit!" And it was like, boom! Like he broke out of like take the picture. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, you know, yeah. next, you know, and I was, he was like, Oh no shit. What's your podcast called? And I said, Sofa King podcast. He's like, I fucking heard of that. And I was yeah. like, you tricky bastard. I just said, <laughs> I just said it. You heard of it. You did hear of it. Yeah. 2.3 seconds ago. Yeah. He's a comedian, but he was fucking cool. Like I was, it was yeah. wild. Yeah. And then Joey Diaz too. Yeah. He like Joey Diaz. I talked to someone gave him mushrooms. He was like looking like putting mushrooms in his fucking pocket. And he was like, I was like, Hey man, like you're a huge influence. Like we started a podcast and like you're a big part of that. And he's like, we got in the parking lot and he was leaving with the other comedian. And I was, I had drank like, I don't know, a couple fucking crazy beers. So I was just sitting on the fucking like car, like outside, mm. not getting in the car. And uh, he walked by, he's like, good luck with your podcast dog. And I was like, fucking shit. <laughs> Joey Diaz just said, good luck with my podcast. Yeah. That's how we, that's why we did good. We had his blessing, bro. Maybe That's yeah. true. Yeah. That was real. Not very many podcasts have his blessing. That's true. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. And, or Joe Rogan's heard of him. True. Yeah. That's true. Dave, I don't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen or if we're going to film it or not, but somebody sent us the one ship challenge. There's three of them sitting in boxes at the shop. But I said, I said, I said, since we're doing video stuff that we have to film it 
and we have to put El Yuteco on the chip. Yeah. Because it's not it's not good enough. Yeah, I don't know if I'm doing it. I don't know. I, I, I'm scared honestly, too. I'm scared. I'm, I'm not a heat person. Like, no. Uh-uh. But I think, we have to, I think we have to do though. it. I mean, you might. I don't need to have a fucking panic attack and fucking weird shit. Like, I don't know, man. It might right be worth here. it because we can do a video with some nice quinoa. We'll be together. Me and you will be having a panic attack together. Can you crush it up know. in a quinoa? Would it be? Would it be crazy? Oh, got the idea. <laughs> I'm an idea man. I spoke <laughs> no, no, about no, no, it for no, thirty no, minutes earlier. No, 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 no. no. Okay. no. Okay. Go. We do it. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> listen. 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 Okay. Come here. Come here. All right. We do it in a break room. Someone's break room? No, no, no. Like the bre- a break room where you can break shit. <laughs> oh, so you could just smash it? Yeah. So B- Brent is sitting there elegantly in the middle of us. Oh, that's how I eating sit. Eating the sit chips. Elegant. Yeah, yeah, elegantly with his legs crossed, mm-hmm. all the way crossed, not mm-hmm. like the half cross, mm-hmm. right? And we all eat them, and me and Dave are just going around. Dave's crying in the corner, and I'm breaking shit, and Brent's just sitting there. That's a big ask for me to just sit there because I'll be honest. I eat hot <laughs> shit, but I watched a couple videos and like it seems you have like, to. Yeah. There's no. This is in my head. I'll do my I best. Told you. I'll I told do my, you. I, I, tell I, you. Don't, I, tell I don't you. know that I'm ever doing it. I said it when you first brought up the idea. Yeah, but there's an opening there. Yeah, yeah but once a, you're I don't there, know. that wasn't a no. It was an I don't know. Yeah, I still. If know you if I do it, you have to do it because no, I'm no, terrible. No, at this. in fact, I I'm don't. terrible at this. No, 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 <laughs> no you do. No, in fact, what, I if, don't. what if it's in a nice hoagie or something like you? you we put something around. Does it doesn't matter? Sure, it does. No, you can have milk or no. Pepto Bismol. No, what if you do it for charity and they raise money for your animal charity for you to do it? You don't want to help the animals, Dave. No, you love the animals. Patrons would help. I mean, it would be great. You. It yeah. would be good. It would no, be good. No, I think it'll be it's good. Probably not going to happen. It'll be good. It'll be good for our YouTube. I don't think it's going to happen. What if you got another arcade machine out of it somehow? They didn't help the animals, uh, but they raised money. Okay, for the so so I got another idea. Okay, we have Terry McGee play Dave. We're going to put a skin cap on him, like I mean, fucking, yeah. However goofy it's got to look. <laughs> But we could do it. You just gave Dave an out. See, that sounds even better. Of course, it, it does, does sound better. <laughs> I mean, it does honestly well, sound no, better. The end I mean, I'm still screwing myself. Yeah. I'm still screwing yeah. myself. Yeah. Because then Dave walks in at the end and is like, "What's going on? What's in here? going on? Yeah. Um, it could be good. They're sitting on the counter. They're it could there. be good. Yeah. yeah. I'll be we honest. I'm, I'm, do we have a break room? About it. Do we have one of those break rooms in Bakersfield? I don't know if we do. Let's make one, dude. Clear your garage out. Get some plates. Yeah, because then we can play what's that song? The Limp Biscuit song. Everybody hates Fred Durst, the uh, break stuff. Yeah. Dave doesn't want to sit there for that. He's like, you guys let me know how it went. <laughs> I'll, I'll work the camera. And I think Dave sits elegantly while, while everyone's breathing. <laughs> we, nice we have fake Dave come in because yeah. he won't do it. Yeah, he's got a pinch hitter. Okay, see, this is why, this is why it works. Call in the fake Dave. Yeah. <laughs> The writer's room always works. So with the Chili Peppers, he did, uh, he produced 12 number one singles, um, which is a record that still holds. Um, and he won some Grammys with them and so forth. Some of their biggest songs, Give It Away, Under the Bridge, Californication, like those are all. He was like, you know what you just need? A yabba dabba do now. That's what you need right now. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds, yeah. yeah. Give yeah. it away, give it's it away, right give there, it away yeah. now. Yeah. Yabba dabba do. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So he did, uh, he ends up working as the co-head of Columbia records. Um, and then he ends up uh, winning a shitload more Grammys. He works with U2, green day, um, Neil diamond, uh, Weezer, um, Dixie chicks, all this stuff, Adele, um, in 2012, uh, he ended up uh, bringing back American records through Republic Records, and then he ended up uh, signing in 2021 with Endeavor Content um, to help develop Shangri-La Record Studios. Um, they should make a documentary about like all the second place people. Like second place is the first loser, and they'd be like, right. "You might not hear this guy, but he's got twelve number two hits." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, that'd be yeah. weird. Twelve number two albums. He's probably that'd be frustrating. He's, he's fucking yeah. never got a number one. Like, twelve number yeah. two albums in a like, row. Oh, God damn you, Rick Rubin. Yeah. <laughs> God damn that Rick Rubin. Ooh. So <laughs> this, if there, like, he claims that he doesn't want anyone to listen to his album and say, Oh, it's a Rick Rubin album. Right. He says that you should have no idea he had anything to do with it. You should just listen to it and say, this is the best album I've ever heard. And I don't know why. And I don't know why. Right. And, but the, some of the people that looked at his music said that his big trademark is a stripped down sound where he eliminates typical production elements to just get to the bare root right. of, of what's happening. Um, <clears throat> Like on 99 Problems, he made him come in acapella. He's like, I don't nothing right there. Nothing at all. Just start acapella. Like yeah, that was him. Right. That decided that. Yeah, I saw the clip of him yeah. actually saying that. Um, and uh, where is it here? I'm out of the whole court's out of order. You're out of order. <laughs> in a major way. I mean. Um, trying to see. I think we've covered most of the stuff I have from the 60 Minutes thing. Uh, Tom Petty. Yeah, he worked a lot with Tom Petty, apparently. Um, he said, uh, someone asked how Tom Petty was, and he was like, he was, he went nowhere. He never left his fucking house. Like, he loved Tom <laughs> Petty. He just read. I think, what did he say? He's like, he drank tea and read, and then he would go do whatever recording shit he had to do, but he stayed home. He never went out. He didn't go do fucking anything. He just stayed funny. home and read. I love that he played himself in The Postman. Yeah, so good, man. He's so like, good. He's like, aren't you famous? He's like, I used, <laughs> I used to, be. to be. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, so he also loves pro wrestling. Um, he spends 11 hours a week. Joe Rogan fucking lost his shit when he said, he, he's like, how, how much you watch wrestling? He's like, he's like, oh, probably 11 hours a week. Like such that's an important right. guy. Like, yeah. yeah. And he fucking, <laughs> Joe Rogan was just laughing, dude. And then finally he kind of almost won Joe Rogan over where he's like, he told him about, like the heel and how the things work and that's why it was payment. He's like, it's something else. He's like, he's like, yeah, but you know, it's fake. He's like, it's not that it's fake. It's not that it's fake. It's a story. So it's like no yeah. more than a movie is fake. Right. Right. It's not that Brad Pitt was fake in Fight Club. Right. It's, it's, no, exactly right. It's a story. Right. Exactly yeah, right. And, and that that was like, for me, I was like, oh, click. I was like, oh, I see. It is entertainment. I get and there's it. there's a, like. No a, one expected that the outcome wasn't known. No. It's no. a story. Yeah. Yeah. There's a postmodern theorist named Roland Barthes, and he wrote this article basically saying that the that professional wrestling is the single best sporting event ever created by man hmm. and he was like if you want like you know every 10 super bowls you end up with this great game that are two rival teams and it goes neck and neck to the last minute and everybody's like that's the best super bowl i've ever seen in shit. my life yeah. and the last seven were garbage yeah. but he's like every wrestling match is that 
Every wrestling match goes back and forth to the last second. There's a gets the there's crowd a hero. Involved. There's yeah. a heel. Right. Like every yeah. and then there's are drama. You, are you often yeah. surprised like by who won, or you or do you generally feel like it's predictable? Like, well, of course he's going to win. That's fucking this guy. No, it's sometimes kind of, they're like it's kind what? Of unpredictable. No, because there'll be the two, and then all of a, all of a sudden somebody else will come in. Somebody will do side. a run in. Like, oh, that yeah. was unexpected. Yeah, and, you do, there's uh, unexpected. And you items. never know who Vince right. is going to give the like. It's all about the heat. Like whoever's getting the most heat at the time, right. which you kind of can't tell from watching it on TV. Do you think somehow through fucking like seven degrees of Rob that we could fucking get like to meet fucking Rick Rubin? Because you know Rob and fucking <laughs> loves wrestling. I wouldn't rule it out, but it would be a winding be road. That would be mm. crazy. Like, oh, Rick Rubin's gonna be at your house. We're gonna do another. <laughs> we're gonna do another gangster episode. Yeah. Could we all we have his? That? Could we all wear his hair? Well, oh, yeah, he shows awesome. up like we yeah. all have a share on. sack. Yeah. Out, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he even said that the, that, uh, a lot of work that Roddy Piper and Ric Flair did were like direct influences on how he wanted the beastie boys to portray themselves because hmm. he wanted them to be the heel. Yeah. Like, you know, he wanted them to be the, the white asshole party guys yeah. that were wrecking everything. And like, cause you love a heel. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that, he, he, everybody loves somebody What are the two hate, Beastie Boys yeah, that are yeah. still alive? Uh, uh, Mike D and MC8 or what was Mike uh, D and Ad Rock? Ad Rock. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think no, Ad Rock died. Ad Rock died. MCA and Mike MCA. So I don't D. know which one it was. And me, Mike D. But he was having a uh, conversation with him. Uh, and man, does he look like a fucking 60-year-old lesbian. Yes. I was like, whoa. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. No, because I because when we did the Beastie Boys, I watched that Apple Plus Beastie yeah. Boys There's a couple show, guys like that. Like, like who, yeah. who is it else? It was like Axl Rose and fucking uh, <laughs> Mi- <laughs> Mickey Rose. Rourke. Like Axl yeah, Rose Mickey and Mickey Rourke. Rourke. Yeah. And there's fucking, a bunch of them. And there, the dude from Beastie yeah. Boys. They look like, it's like, what happens? Yeah. What's making you slightly like, like, it's, like some of them, it's some of them, it's like the Botox and fucking like, yeah. and face fucking. Oh, maybe to it's stay that young. because they're trying to stay young, yes. so they're getting some them, a procedure yeah. done that we liken to older women. Yeah, Mickey Rourke doing. definitely. Yes. I don't think the. Oh man, his young pictures. He was a handsome guy. Oh fuck yeah, he looks fucking crazy. I didn't know Mickey Rourke until like <clears throat> Mickey Rourke was like you the know wrestler. Yeah and, yeah, and I was like, oh, that's that guy. Fucking yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. He looks so different, dude. Well, but he also had a career as a professional boxer. Right. In between, so like, yeah. so his face got all fucking tore up. But yeah, I think that's what it is. It's them having procedures that we generally uh, see older, older. Like, yeah, uh, it's the it's the plastic surgery. Like, wow, show Dave that. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It's the same thing Michael Michael Jackson went through. You know yeah. what I mean? Like all the procedures on his nose, and then all of a sudden he starts looking fucking weird and skeletorish. You know, Kenny Rogers looks like, kind of crazy too. Dude. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think MCA well. had work done. I think he just he just looks like a super thin Oregon lesbian. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, there's man. no work done. It's just like there's a certain thinness and petiteness to him. You know, but <clears throat> so then a little bit of criticism. Um, about him, uh, like I said, Slipknot. No, it's, other, it's shit not MCA. Oh, MCA is dead. Yeah, it's okay. Ad Rock. Ad Rock then probably. MCA died cancer. Okay. Yeah, so shitty. Let me like just yeah, like a Beastie actually, Boys plastic surgery. Great. Let me see if they popped out. It's that guy, but let me see. It's the taller guy, I think, but that's not a picture that was like one to be judgmental right, of. Right. Mike D. But uh, I can't remember. Me, uh, Mike. Slip, D. 
Slipknot talked shit about him and said they were being charged ridiculous amounts of money and they didn't think Rick Rubin was doing anything for the amount of money. They um, didn't believe. They didn't believe. believe. And I don't, uh, to be honest, like, are they talented enough to have benefited from it? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly yeah, yeah. Right. Yes, they are. Are they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Slipknot, the, the singer, they're, they're very talented. I know nothing. Yeah. About they're it. very talented okay. musicians. Yeah. The, okay. I mean, in a way, I mean, everything's different, but I mean, think about the type of music, the rebellion, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like he walked into red hot chili peppers and like, Nope, you're not ready. Right. right. So and not everybody's going to benefit from, apparently they went back and you know, forth cause he made a public yeah. statement that talked shit about Rick Rubin. Then he came back and apologized and said he actually yeah. did help us because, but then he flipped because Corey Taylor, he's, he's actually, and I heard, and I used to listen to Jason Ellis a lot and he would always have like different musicians and, you know, people on there. Uh, one like Billy Corgan from, um, uh, smashing, smashing pumpkins. pumpkins. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate smashing pumpkins. But after hearing him speak and talk like uh, in an interview, I'm like, Wow, that guy's a fucking intelligent yeah, human being. Yeah. And so I still don't like his music, I but agree. but him as a person, he's a fucking amazing person. Yeah. And um and same thing with Corey Taylor, very smart, very intelligent, very it's not something you would expect seeing Slipknot in a concert or seeing them play right. a show. Right. Like this guy's fucking calculated. They're very smart. They're very talented musicians, you know. So yeah, I, but I don't think, like you said, every, not everybody's going to benefit, benefit from, from Rick Rubin because right. some musicians, some musicians can't see, or some actors can't see, some writers can't see what they need. They, they right. don't. What's they know they're missing something, or they, right. they they need help. Other people don't need that help. Some people can see it, and they know what they need, and they know what is missing and what isn't missing. And I think there's so also a category of have, people that are already moving forward album to album, self-exploring, changing yes, and evolving. Their own thing, and it's yeah. like, I don't need to pay someone yeah. to guide me down a process that me and my band are already doing. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. is so kind of what I feel like out. Muse because yeah. Muse even in a, you might, at an you award might, show. Yeah. You might strip something away from the music that's there. That, that the reason that they're, right. they're the reason that they're where they're at is because of that, you know? So, right. And it's hard to strip Muse down because it's a guitarist, a bass player, and a drummer. Like, that's Muse. Yeah. You know? But, um, but yeah, the 2010 Music Producers Guild Award, uh, they got an award, um, and for UK Single of the Year. <laughs> and as he was accepting it, Matt Bellamy, the lead singer, said, We'd like to thank Rick Rubin for teaching us how not to produce an album. Oh, wow. <laughs> he probably just idealistically had like a different path that he would, but he seems sure. so open to being like, Well, let's try that then. You know, I, I try to picture the scenario that went down that, that bumped heads with the guy. You I know, mean, like, I would so not confrontational from yeah. what I saw. I would like, imagine you know, he was just tell you something, you're like, No, like, not whatever. What and here. he's, yeah. And, and, as Rick Rubin, you're like, no, this is the way it has to be. Like these, these are the things that, you, you know, boom, do. boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. You should do. And whether you take them or you don't, right. I mean, that's your thing. It would be the same thing as, you know, how many people go to a fucking Tony Robbins seminar, 10,000 people, 5,000, yeah. 2,000 people, however many fucking people are there. They all paid a bunch of money to go to some resort mm-hmm. and a bunch of money to go see them. How many people actually got something out of that? Right. A small percentage. 
Or maybe it's a large percentage and only a hundred of them went home disappointed. Exactly. So, you know so I, mean? I, I would assume though that less than fifty percent. I mean, I mean, somebody probably got something out of it. Mm-hmm. I would not want to do that shit. Have you but, seen it? Yeah, but it wasn't it's necessarily like life. Oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll blow you right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, there's a very small percentage that that people are going to take that back and say, "Hey, I want to pay you more." And we're gonna go deeper. My friend Jackie, right. you know what I mean. My friend Jackie actually went to one. Yeah, really. Actually, I, I've never had time to actually talk to her about that and ask like what it was like. I think she fucking loved it though. If he, yeah, I mean, like, I, if but, did, but did like, she pay more to go deeper? Someone you know bought what I mean? it like, for her. Yeah, someone bought the whole weekend for her. Yeah, but yeah. but that's what I'm saying. Did she pay more to go deeper because somebody else did? Right. Somebody else yeah, got yeah, personal yeah. consultation. Somebody yeah. else went further. Oh yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So there are those that went further. There are those that took something away, but you know it's right. whatever. And then there's those that probably walked away and was like, eh, fucking, yeah, it's all fuck shit that. I already fucking yeah, knew. I already knew that. Yeah. Not you got me happen. amped up and, and I still don't know how to make money. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm right. still here, like still listening depressed. to his 56 like, hour book. Right. I still don't know. I, I don't know what you're talking about after listening for 56 hours. Right. Like you, you never, there is no clear cut path. There no. isn't a clear cut path. Uh-uh. They don't want you to know that it's not clear cut. Right. And everything always leads back to real estate. You know what I mean? Like right. fucking, it's like, you know, <laughs> But yeah, so that's Rick Rubin. He's like, he's like, if 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 even if you don't have a, a lot of money to invest, you know, like say you only have just a million dollars, just like, motherfucker, motherfucker, I got eight dollars, <laughs> just yeah, dollars. Like if you don't have a lot to invest, you only have eight, you know, a million dollars. You know, say say that you have a small amount, like a million dollars, and you're like, okay, you're not talking. No, to me. you're talking I mean, this a different is, fucking. Yeah, group. this is a fucking whole another level, right? Yeah. Here. So, any other Rick Rubin thoughts? Sandwich. Love Rick, the Rick Rubin sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Could you have like a music cafe, like where you have like you Rick Rubin sandwich Rick Rubin with some Def Jam yeah. on the side? Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be that'd be that'd be uh the Mike you know, Cristo or something. No, a, a peanut butter and jelly. I think no. And some Def Jam. That's the peanut butter and banana sandwich. Is the Elvis right? Yeah. But the peanut butter and jelly could have Def Jam on it. That's true. Or, or just, just anything that you have with jam has Def Jam. That's yes. You know, yeah. I think that's what it comes yeah. down to. No, I think there'd be a whole market there. Yeah. My brain is too tired to try to I'm down. rewiggle. Eat the Bobby Brownie dessert. Oh. M&M's. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. The M&M's. Yeah, it's got M&M's <laughs> on it. Man, that'd be really good. Yeah, that could be good. The uh, ice, ice Queen Latifah. There's there's lots of stuff there. Tons of ice yeah. stuff. Ice tea. Ice cubes. Yeah, 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 ice cubes in my ice, ice tea. tea. Yeah. With yeah, two pox of sugar. <laughs> 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 Some milly vanilla cream in my coffee. Yeah. yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on. There's so much. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want your salad with a side of corn? Yeah. You know? <laughs> There's a lot. There's so much. There's a lot. Yeah. You Gun- can put that in the garbage over there. Yeah. yeah. You get gangster with yeah. it. Yeah. Put that in the garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get an order of meatloaf. Oh, yeah, wow. That's a good one. See what I did there? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Because his name was Meatloaf a yeah, Day, yeah. but that's also a food. Yeah. <laughs> Chili peppers. Hmm. <laughs> that, that one was all in the delivery. Uh, if man. I had just said it, it wouldn't have been funny. Yeah. Exactly, it was a lack of enthusiasm. That's exactly delivery. right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I know put, what I'm doing. put me in a slip knot right now. <laughs> I'm done. Speaking of slipping, we're slipping down like fucking yeah. it not being funny anymore. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, fool? All right. I think people think when we're not funny, we're funny. Yeah. Because they always say stuff. You said this, and I'm like, I know. Sometimes they're like, that's the funny part. That's That's the funny funny part. part? You laughed at that. that? That's weird. That made you choke yourself. That was garbage. Like Brian's podcast. Super garbage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Well done. Segway. 
Um, so yeah, go check out Brian on podbelly.com. It's super garbage day. You can check him out on social media. He talks about retro video games. He's tall. He's handsome. He's doing a GoFundMe right now. Yeah, for what? For a uh, plane ticket to fly into Bakersfield. <laughs> oh, nice. So you yeah. can do our, so you can do our, uh, our we get the rest of that shit storyboard and planned. Oh yeah, that's good. We do have a plan. I don't know. Brad's not letting oh, it go though. Brad's no, following not. through on this. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. I got, I got how we morph him to Terry McGee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got it. Well, sit on you know how he's talking? No, 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 no. I'm not going to make it public, okay. but I got it. Yeah. It All just right. came right now. I don't know where it came from, but it came. So check that out. Also, um, this hard. podcast is obviously brought to you by El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Every week we give away what we call a hot sack or a hot box. Um, Kanbaki got it last, last while ago. I've got it fucking packed up, sir. I will ship it. I just, I've been busy. I got to go to LA in the morning. Maybe tomorrow when I get back in town, I will get that thing shipped for you. Um, if you didn't get your hot sack, hit me up. Let me know. I know we've been struggling to uh, keep track of a little bit of that. I got a couple of messages. Um, so message me if you're missing your hot sack and let me know what episode it was. Um, other than that, um, if you haven't tried the hot sauce, you should. It comes in a variety of seven flavors. They're all delicious. Um, had some uh, Chipotle this week. I haven't really, I don't really go down Chipotle because usually I'm going for the heat. That shit is fucking delicious though. It's so fucking good. I put on I had, some, uh, some chicken. Chicken's I, expensive I had, right now. I had chicken rice. Um, just like the egg fiasco. Like chicken, just chicken itself. Well, they got, they killed like a million chickens to stop the eggs. I bought, chickens went I bought fucking, I bought fucking. Meat's expensive. Steak. Dude. No, yeah. I bought some fucking sorloins for like $3. Sorloins? Sorloins. <laughs> wow, that sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> sorloins. Were they healed yet? Sorloins. Oh, okay. That sounds gross. Yeah. 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 They were red. And <laughs> yeah, bad. for like $4 and three fifty, like for, you know, pound and a half, like huh. sirloins. And uh, and then I went over to the chicken. I was like, some sorbet when you were with that. Yeah, yeah, I did. Hmm. Yeah, with some Def Jam. <laughs> um, but I but I uh, I went over to the chicken like four breasts. It was like eighteen dollars. I was like, what in the fuck is going on? Uh, yeah, where what store were you at? Uh, it was more expensive, Vons. but it was Vons, yeah. yeah. But still, though, that was fucking high. Yeah, you know Vons I mean? and Albertsons, you got to get the deal, bro. You got to yeah. always buy what No, I know. Is. That's why I was I walked the past States, the butcher yeah. spot. I, it's funny. I got the fucking butcher lady convinced that I'm a secret shopper. Accidentally. <laughs> I, I didn't even mean to do it, but I don't know what the deal is. I have this like fucking vibe when I'm in a store where people are mm. like, hey, what aisle is that? And I'm like, why the fuck? I'm wearing like a Vans hat. <laughs> right. Yeah. My son that, is yeah. with me. Like, do I look like a fucking You look like worker? the assistant to the manager. I guess or yeah. something. Yeah. I got the fucking assistant manager look. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. So, but I, I was like, that. I asked, I asked for something and she was like, are you working right now? <laughs> and I was like, what? She's like, are you working right now? And I was like, what do you mean? What are you, what are you talking about? She's like, wait a minute. Never mind. Wait a minute. She's like, are you a secret shopper? And I was like, maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's not accidentally. So, but she, no, she's thought at first though. Yeah. And I rolled with it. And yeah. I was just like, I mean, you did greet me within 10 feet and 30 seconds when I entered the department. So all checks there. You're good. And then I fucking like kept, cause I used to fucking <laughs> yeah, work in yeah, retail. Yeah. I knew a bunch of shit. And I was like, do you know your fab five? What are your fab five today? You got the ad? You got the, you know, the fab five. And she was like, yeah, no. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> See? And I was like, wait a minute, are you are you fucking around? And I was like, what? <laughs> it was awesome. And so now when I go in there, like Maddox is just like, oh God, the fucking butcher lady's gonna think we're fucking scoping everything out. Yeah. Yeah. So but I always walk past there. He goes, he's inspecting the head yeah. of lettuces yeah. and like mm. Yeah. It's a great job <laughs> She'll be like Yeah, <laughs> across like the, the Starbucks ladies. I'm fucking I'm watching. Like the other the old Mexican butcher dude was looking at me and, and she was like talking to him and he's like 
Like I was like, he's, he's, he's like asking him yeah, he's like, I if I, I am the guy. Like, yeah. is that the secret shopper? He's always in here. <laughs> yeah, he's always in here. I was like, I just I, this is I, my grocery store. Of course, I'm always in here. I did secret shopping, and I have no idea why I stopped. <laughs> good, good gig. You made good money. You didn't make great money, but it was like I, think I was fun. I did. I had four Taco Bells and a movie theater. Oh, and you got to eat. You talked about this before. They yeah. reimbursed you for it, right? They yeah. pay for your food. You'd go and you would have to order. You'd have to like, sometimes it was inside. Sometimes it was drive through, but you would have to order like three items plus a drink. Um, that were three I different items a plus thing, a drink. Right? Dave's entire and life revolves around fucking, the red pen. Yeah. You would like, write, you would nope. write them up and yeah. send in a report and get paid plus reimbursed. And then I also did it at movie theaters. Hmm. So you would go in at the movie theater, stale, at the movie theater, it wasn't even dirty. secret. You had to go in and ask for the manager and say, Hey, my name is I'm, Karen. I'm like, <laughs> you'd show them the paperwork and you would say, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to see this show. And then that, that was a weirder gig. Cause you didn't pay anything. They just, you would go and get two concession items plus popcorn and a drink. And they would just hand it to you. And then you would just go in and watch That's the awesome. movie. That it was, was fucking fun. weird. That's um, weird. It seems like that defeats yeah. the purpose. Like, well, everything's already in place. Like I'm yeah. vote, like, give me the candy give me the food. yeah but if you have I'm to order and they movie. don't greet you and fuck you know what i mean it's shitty and the popcorn stale and i don't think they care about know. i think they just cared about the quality of the theater the yeah. quality of mm. the food so did you enjoy like, your because well, it was random yeah. it was like was the popcorn hot when you showed up right. they didn't I know that like, no they yeah. didn't know yeah. when yeah. i was showing up yeah was the know? slushy machine broke yeah. you couldn't get blue they were fucking out you know yeah i don't know why i ever quit doing that yeah that seems like a good gig yeah um i want to do donut shops and ice cream parlors nice yeah only a couple in town, I you, guess. You've been talking about that for a while. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm um, saying they want a secret shop. Yeah. Secret shop. Yeah. So check out Elucateco. Go to shop com, or you can get it at Walmart or any uh, major grocery chain generally. If you can't find it in your area, just Google it and you will find a way to order it. Um, the distribution is plentiful. You can get it. What did we say earlier? The, the other H. What was the word for, for hard on? It was like bountiful something, but it was a word that started with H. What the fuck was it? I don't it's remember. bother the fuck out That of was me. like a full two hours ago. How do you expect me to remember? All right. Check it out. Um, also go to podbelly.com <laughs> to find other cool podcasts. We're all going in our heads. Yeah. Um, podcasts like Robots for Eyes and Art and Jacob Do America. Also check out Print Dirt Cheap. You can go to printdirtcheap.com. Fuck, I just remembered I'm supposed to give them a fucking uh, file, a different file format hmm. days ago. I'm, I'm, I'm slacking on that, yeah. Um, so go to printercheap.com if you need stickers and or printed goods. Also check out two day banners. That's the number two day banners. Um, today banners. I don't know. Brad was supposed to get that fixed. It was broken a couple weeks ago. It might I'm be bu- back I'm up. Bu- I'm busy. Yeah. So check out today banners as well. Also check out Jimmy D's tees. Um, he does our silk screen stuff for us. Um, we're talking about doing a t-shirt, a new t-shirt design. So as long as I can fuck get those stickers going. And that's the next thing mm-hmm. to get that part going too. Um, so go check him out across social media. If you need something uh, printed, he does a great job at that. He's real handsome on top of everything. So that's nice. Um, and also check out Mindframe podcast across all listening platforms. Um, one day, one day, I'm going to kidnap Dave and just make him finish it. Cause I want to know what the fuck happens. Cause we're real close, right? Dave, we're real close. it's, it's real close. It's yeah. we're, we're getting close. You need like a, <clears throat> I need to just fucking like dose you with like some nootropics. Oh, or, mm. or mushrooms or something, Ooh. make it real fucking twist. Like, like, yeah, make the coffee, Dave. Go brew that coffee. <laughs> He's cracking <laughs> out for brains. He's the cracking out yeah. for brains. The next morning, Dave's drink. like, I haven't slept all night. I have called you, in sick. Have you taken alpha brains? No, I've got a bottle of it. I haven't taken it. I, <clears throat> so after you get past the first few days of headache, like fucking, it does some shit. 
You wouldn't think definitely so. Definitely does. But I'm on it right now, man. I took <laughs> fucking two today. I sucked my I own dick. I fucking finally got my uh, my alpha brain fucking deal from Walgreens because those motherfuckers, I oh, think I told that right. story. Yeah, you did. I went back and got that bottle. I was like, nice. it'll be mine. They're closing that Walgreens and I got it for $12. Oh, nice. That's a fucking deal, yeah. Right, yeah. So I took two today, man, because yeah. it was on discount. I need to get the, the, the total human again, man. It's so expensive. I wish I could man. afford that because you do feel great. Yeah. No, it's fucking I was awesome, taking man. that the day pack, the night pack, and then Alpha Greens, and mm. I'll be honest. Like, yeah, I was sucking Joe Rogan's dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, that stuff works. But dude. I felt it's a fucking very, fabulous, yeah. actually. It's yeah. a, it is a, it does work, I was work, just man. sharp. You really yeah. feel, yes, you feel awake. I was just and, on yeah. it. Because, like, right now I feel super groggy in the mm-hmm. mornings and stuff, but when I'm taking that shit, dude, oh, man, I'm like, I'm up and snappy, yeah. Like that less than enthusiastic delivery of chili peppers. Yeah. I've yes. got alpha brain chili to thank for that. That was, yeah. And my description of it just now, how it flowed off my tongue. Mm-hmm. Rhythmically. Mm-hmm. Syllabical. Huh. It was syllabical. It was syllabical, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. See? It's better than whiskey. It's the opposite. And no heart flutters or anything. There's no stimulant. It's brain stimulant, not heart stimulant, man. It makes my neurons fire. I'd be, a, you could have a whiskey a go-go drink. What's that? Know, a whiskey a go-go for the music diner we have. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> You're so sharp. Yeah, he's so sharp, Dave. I'm sharp. I'm sharp at giving you what I got, man. I don't know what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. yeah. So I would like to thank a couple of patrons. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, these patrons are Ooks. Ooks. They come from the UK. Oh. oh How do you know? Like fucking because Dr. on my Seuss. list. Oh, they're pounds. I see the pounds, pounds right there. Exactly. Yeah, I see one right there. I so see right there. The first is Sophie Harbor, and you can tell she's a yuk because a Harbor yuk. has an extra U in it. Oh, you mm, fucking harbor. Harbor. Yeah. Well, she I'm definitely from, has horse teeth and yeah. cousin eyes, and I hope she doesn't harbor any bad feelings. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> harbor. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hey, you know what's something Shoot. crazy? Is it, is speaking it, of her yeah. horse teeth. Is it teeth, cold in the yuk? Because yeah. you're... Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of her horse teeth, uh, something to do with Shangri-La and Mr. Ed. Like, Mr. Ed was, like, filmed at Shangri-La or something. Oh, shit. that makes sense. There's some sense. weirdness there, yeah. Makes some weird sense somehow. Hmm. Um, also, we have Duncan Walklet. Duncan. That's a fucking <laughs> yuk name if I ever heard one. What about Walklet? Sh- Walklet. I think, his, <laughs> uh, I think his mom was leaving yeah. snail trails on the fucking living room. Fucking. <laughs> it was her art form. Yeah. She he just, got his name because his dad walked in. She's like, dunk your dick in the wall clip. Yeah. And she's hiding. Really long labia. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Looks like a curtain. Yeah. Meat curtains. God. Long labia. Damn, that thing damn near as long as the wall. Yeah. No, we'll just call you wall clip, bitch. Yeah. He's nowhere to put it in. He just has to slide up until it finally sinks in. Yeah. <laughs> start, the, start at the bottom almost, work towards almost, the top. There's a hole there like, somewhere. Almost looks like a goddamn giant ham sandwich. <laughs> so... um Thank you for your patronage. You like beef tips? We appreciate it. Oh, fucking Duncan. Fucking Duncan went to fucking Hogwarts. This motherfucker flying around on a broomstick. Fucking, what is it? The fucking Sweeper 2000? What do they call those? Nimbus. No, the Is that Nimbus. Test? I, I passed the door. That's test. probably that's probably <laughs> his middle name. Yeah. Fucking Duncan. Duncan Nimbus Walklet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So thank you. Thank you, though. Thank you, Duncan. Mm-hmm. I actually like that name, Duncan. You came around on Making it. Making yeah. to get donuts. Like yeah. It. yeah. Nah, I don't like Duncan Donuts. 
Maybe wall clits are just little nibs. I like you know? dunking my balls. I like dunking my balls in a wall clit though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, should probably quit now. Yeah, <laughs> wall clit. If we, if we just if we just do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you're on Reddit, go to r forward slash King Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at King Podcast. Personal Instagrams. I'm at Raised with the Wolves. We have Sofa King Brent and Sofa King Dave. Also, check out Ekiteko underscore Hot Sauce. Jimmy Eke- 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 yeah, you could you could you caught a you caught a chip <laughs> challenge. <laughs> I wish I could find that video. I know oh, it's right. gone. The internet removed it. Yeah, I tried hard soon after. It. It I did gone. too. Yeah, I remember his fucking greasy, grown ass man, dude. I remember his greasy <laughs> bag of fucking <laughs> Cheetos, dude. You remember the greasy like ass bag of Cheetos? He's like Twelve, so he's like nineteen now. Yeah, for sure. Fucking Professional bodybuilder. Yeah, we need to find him and get him here. Mm-hmm. Man, if the universe would line that shit back up, we need to find it. We got, we got. Yeah, we need to find goldfish it. Goldfish crackers in a fucking uh, not even a goldfish. Bag. I thought it was Cheetos. No, yeah. it was goldfish in a fucking a fucking bag in the folding, folding sandwich, sandwich bag. bag. Yeah. yeah, covered in tech. <laughs> that motherfucker covered. lived in the ghetto. Yeah, 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 yeah. And his hands were just covered in it. Yeah, he was just stirring it up with his fucking <laughs> fingers, dude. Man, that was gnarly. We'll That'd never be, find him. There's no, no finding him. He's gone. Put it on Craigslist. An ad on the side of a diesel train. Like I missed you. Ad. What's the? What you the, caught a kid. Nah. You caught a kid from seven years ago. <laughs> it was on Instagram. You had a contest. Yeah. I want to claim my prize. Maybe I'll start a legal precedent and say nice, that I never yeah. won. He uh, owes me a ticket. He was going to fly us out. What the was courts it? will find him. He was going to buy a ticket to fly you out somewhere or some shit. He had a big I promise. I don't remember. Yeah. That. Huge payoff. If we could just talk for eight minutes and thirty more seconds. <laughs>